It's the Tillcast, episode 385, Double Bird Monday. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. And this week, guys, we talk Starbound, Road Rage, It Lurks Below, Going for Deep Rock Galactic, Brigador, and don't flooring it and flooring it in a bag of Richards. Stay tuned. You guys are so dumb. <laughs> hey, I didn't go, yeah, like I normally do. Hey, it's right. all right. It's still casting. We're back. <laughs> Jason, what's today's date? Today's date is July 12th, 2019. Where's that coming from? What I don't know. I have no idea where that came from. Came Lack of it, sleep. It came it, from. Pretty much. It came from below. It came in. Yeah. <laughs> Did come from below. It came from behind. I think I think we're also wore out this week that like just everything's just punchy. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's, I'm punchy today. Uh, <laughs> I'm punchy. Very punchy. There are gonna be things that come out of my mouth that I haven't fully thought through. I'm gonna tell you that now. Like that bag of dicks. <laughs> the empty bag of dicks. He's already ate them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Justin's Wi-Fi is eat some as fast as you'll feed them to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feed my internet dicks. Let it be worldwide known. My internet thrives off dicks. It's, it lives off of dicks. It eats all the dicks. It's powered by dick. <laughs> <laughs> Through the power of many Richards. <laughs> yes. It's It's something. Hey, so we're back, and just for the uninitiated, you're going to get 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. And after that, you're going to get uh, some gaming talk and some news. Um, bullshit today may be stronger, maybe weak as fuck. We don't know yet. But it could be rock hard. It could. Everything could just end up a dick joke. But, uh, yeah. Um, we are an Emirate show. We are. So if fuck offends you, fuck off. That's pretty much it. Fuckity fuck fuck. Right. You know what I'm really excited about? I what? have four days off. You have four days off. Woo-hoo! Four days off. That's my every other week. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have four days off. Um, it's I plan it's on, awesome. I plan on spending some time with um, Jessa, and I tend plan on spending some time watching a good friend of mine get married. So there you go. Just my other friend Jason is not at this table and has only been on the show like twice. Mm-hmm. Um, he sounds like uh, Hulk Hogan. Or it's a mix between Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, he it is kind getting, of depends mm, on his mood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh, where'd she go? Brother. All right. <laughs> he uh, he will be married as of Monday, so I plan on getting pretty shitty and drunk and uh, having a good old time watching him get married. Nice. Woo-hoo! And if there's not a lot of booze there, I plan on taking somebody there and getting booze because well, I'm off the next day. Well, yes. That's important. So always BYOB. You know what? I I kind of wonder. You guys know. You know what the speed limit is at the road that runs adjacent to my house. Kind of. Yeah. What's the speed limit there? As fast as you can safely drive. Okay, Jason. What do you think it is? It is fifty miles an hour. Two. Yeah, for for two miles, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it is posted um, that it is fifty miles an hour. You know what happens to me every fucking morning. There are some jackhole that decides that 38 is a safe speed to go. It, 
And that happens to me every fucking day. Yep. Every motherfucking day. And, you know, it's just like, and it, it doesn't matter where you go. There's always drivers like this. This is not native to Oklahoma. It is native to everywhere that there are jackasses on the road. Like the people that want to make you feel safe somehow by making the rest of the road safe by driving slower and actually making it less safe. Or the people that get on the fucking highway and want to drive 40 miles an hour yes. and stop and then wait for traffic to pass before right. speeding up at the rate of like five miles an hour per minute until they get to highway speed two miles down the road. It well, is motherfucking migraine it, inducing. And that has been all it month. is. It is. It is ridiculous, too, for the simple fact that you go a mile north, it's 45 miles an hour. It goes down by five miles an hour, right? The only stretch of road south of you, the only stretch of that road south of you that's below 45 miles an hour is through a fucking park. Yeah. And, (laughs) yep. You just want to go fast. I just want to go the speed limit. I just want to go. It's the one place for two miles I can go 50. He doesn't even want to do Ricky Bobby. He just he just wants he's to go the speed like, limit. Handbrake that motherfucker and whip her right into the fucking drive, driveway, man. If but you it don't just do a though. fucking 180 and land like a glove in the fucking parking spot. <clears throat> now, 20-year-old me in your position would have said, Fuck this shit and pulled 60 miles an hour around that slow ass motherfucker. Yeah, until you realize that there's another motherfucker doing the same thing on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty dangerous to pass on this road, so I don't do it very often. But it uh it gets it gets me riled up every single morning, and it the only thing I do, and this is just kind of (laughs) hateful, is I just mouth fuck you as big and as obvious as possible over and over and over and over again. And I point at them, and then I crank my stereo up because that's all I – and, you know, sometimes people oh, recognize you, it. Well, and you're, sometimes – and then people give me dirty looks, and I just say, I don't fucking care. You're you're I, nicer than I am. I have literally rolled down my window, started driving with my knee while I'm flipping them with the bird – Right oh down the middle of my windshield and sticking my hand out the window, my left hand out the window, fucking flipping them the bird there, too. So, what I'm hearing is, is that you two are filled with road rage. Absolutely filled with it. You, you spent... You know, I'm going to stop for just a second. This dog's mouth is like a fucking trap. It is. I don't know what's in it. And it's just just like a toddler. You want to, like, pull something (laughs) out of her mouth that she looks at you like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm." nope. Oh. (laughs) What is that? Oops. A stud? That looks like an earring. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It looks like a. Uh, I don't even know where that came from. Uh, yeah, uh, that would have been terrible for the dog. Wow, I've got an eye. So <laughs> just like a mom at this point. Well, like geez. I just recognize shit, and I, she looks at me like, "Is this okay to be in my mouth?" No, I'm just gonna chew it. Just like earlier, she's chewing on a dime, and it sounded like she had a change purse in her mouth. <laughs> I was like, "Is that That's, is that change?" It's just like a toddler, right? And there, there she goes wandering again. So if um, I wander in and out, if I'm just like. Hey, it's it's me it, catching it's the dog, catching the puppy. Um, so 
Anyway, back to what? <laughs> road rage. Back to our road rage. road rage. Dude, you spent five fucking years yes. riding in a car back and forth to work with me. Yes. And you haven't figured that out about me yet? You know the funniest fucking thing about this is, is that, uh, yeah, you, you have some road rage, but I also have some trust issues. <laughs> uh, and, and for me... The road rage and the trust issues kind of, kind of either, they, they they temper each other. But the funniest fucking thing about this is, is that only just recently have <laughs> I been able to have a hot dog on the road. <laughs> no, yeah, we've talked about a lot we, the, we, the, the, we've the Jason Rusty the wreck wreck. story, but <laughs> the the thing about that whole thing is. Despite my road rage, etc., I'm one of the, I'm one of very few people Rusty will actually willingly get in the passenger seat for while driving. Yeah, I mean, I did. He die, he so. reluctantly does it with my wife. Mm-hmm. Very reluctantly, he presses his imaginary brake a lot. Grab the ocean. I think, hand. I think everybody does that. You, like, you, you ever just like kind of grind your foot? In, like when my mom's. Oh, sorry, mom. Mom is. She stops really late, and then she, like, and she doesn't really speed, but it's just like, like she wears the shit out of her brakes. Yeah. And like subconsciously, like my right foot is just digging a hole the into thing. the yeah. fucking floor mat. Yes. Yeah. It's just that's just how mom drives. Yeah. It's like and then when my dad's driving, like he doesn't accelerate at all. And so I'm just like tapping my foot angrily because I'm just like, but I, it's my dad, so I'm not going to say anything. He's like, and he probably just thinks that I'm tapping my foot to like whatever he's playing in the car. No, no, I'm 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 pressing that imaginary gas pedal because the dad, go you, buttons on the right, Dad, you're, you're slow. <laughs> the go buttons on the right. So he gets he, he gets to everything the at the speed of Rick. But I understand that my wife does the same exact thing it's almost like she's slamming on the brakes every time she stops and it, it drives me the fuck up a wall you, just, you ever want to see road rage my wife driving me in the passenger seat next to her because i'm not only raging at the stupid fucks in front of her i'm raging at her <laughs> just fucking hangs his head out the window says save me now, granted, she also rages about the fact that um, I don't closely adhere to speed limits. You haven't had a... I never a working, have. You haven't had a working speedometer in your truck for years, so... Well, I'm yeah. kind of the same. Like, here's <laughs> um, what I do. Like, on the way to work, I don't generally speed more than five over. Like, that's kind of my MO. But I want to be efficient on getting to that speed. Right. Right? So, the- I don't want to waste time, right? If you... If the light is green, you press the accelerator down and you and, and you go scream at the top of your lungs and you move forward. You ambulate forward, and people don't even ambulate; they just kind of like waddle the cars forward. I'm just like, I, I get you're saving gas, or maybe this is just how you drive. And I, you probably have not had a lot of wrecks, and that's probably yeah. good. I I haven't well, had a lot of wrecks I mean, either, but I just I just my time is fucking so, useful. Some of that for just, me is exasperated by the fact that. <clears throat> that I have a half-ton vehicle with a V6 engine in it, right? And a manual transmission. If I don't slam that fucker to go, 
it will take forever to fucking get up to speed. Right? Well, it almost feels like the cars in uh, front of you when you're driving have shifted into third and started. Exactly. Right? And if you've never driven a manual transmission, you know that when you start in third, it really dogs forward. It's like... <laughs> well, because you're not supposed to start there. Right. The car's not geared for it. Jeez. Right. I had a, a manual transmission in my Ford Escort in high school, and... When it would, you would accidentally start at the wrong gear. It took for motherfucking yeah. ever. Now, granted, I'm also that motherfucker who'll take the corner, he'll take the corner in third and immediately after the corner slam it, slam it down into second just to. Well, if you need to. Yeah. Uh, I do it on a regular basis. So. My clutch probably hates me. So, my, um,. My CRV doesn't have gears per se, <laughs> so it's no. uh, so it You're... it doesn't have that. But I do, I, I have actually gauged my acceleration off of what my uh, my uh, cruise control will do. So my cruise control in in my CRV because you know oh, fuck I might as well use it right. Uh, I haven't had it for years, so it's kind of a luxury that I can, you know, I, I, I paid for. Uh, <laughs> it has a radar sensor. I'm not 100% on the whole trust thing with the radar sensor, hence the trust yeah. issues in my vehicle. But the uh, the thing is, is that it, if somebody slows down in front of me, down to zero, I've tested this, all the way down to zero with cruise control on, it will, the car will slow down to a yes. stop. So... Now, the funky part about this in his car is it also has the fucking lane assist on it, right? Yes. And I I gave his car the What the, the fuck is lane cursory assist? drive home. It is basically it, it, is a set it of uses sensors. it uses all the camera sensors that the car has. Uh two in the mirrors, uh two in the back, and the two it has up front. And it'll detect the and lines. And it will actually detect the lines and keep you in them. Work to keep the car in between. It'll so steer itself. If you have this on and you have cruise control on. Hands off. You just, you just work off. the brake and that's about it. The the problem is No. You the go, cruise control works the brake. If somebody if pulls the, in front of if you. the cruise control starts slowing the car down and you go to make a move to pass the slower vehicle in front of you because they're annoying the shit out of you, the car will fight you. Yes, the car will fight you <laughs> unless unless you flip your blinker on like you're supposed to, you fucking heathen. Yeah. And and if you put your blinker on, I it won't fight heathen. you. But if you try to whip out and you know whip out, it will fight you. Now, yeah. most I, people do when you whip it out. I, so I, it, it does the whole slow down to a complete stop thing. So I tested this while I was on you know on the road. It was somebody that had fucking completely fucking stopped, and then they pulled off, and there was clear highway in front of them. So my car saw. A car in front of it stopped, and then when they pulled off, it then saw no car and said, oh, we're going to 70. 
and it floors the fucker. I'm like, <laughs> bitch. I'm like, whoa, this is way more acceleration than I expected from a fucking cruise control. It's like right down to the yeah. fucking floor. And it's a <laughs> and it's a four cylinder, right? Yeah. The, it's, it's amazing how much a acceleration they're getting out of the four cylinders in but, these little compact SUVs. So, so I'm like I'll fuck hold on to this shit. I'm like, it's not the fastest acceleration. I mean, it was it was still I mean, slow no, by but, muscle car standards. Yeah, but, but it it's good enough to pull you back in the seat. Yeah. It was more acceleration than I expected from the cruise control. So if my cruise control can do it, you can fucking do it too. And <laughs> And that is the rest of the story. Yes. <laughs> You know, the other reason this is random, but the other reason I turn the AC down is as it cools down, it puts the dog into a hibernatory state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's over there hibernating And right then now. unless she sees us move, she's good. Yeah. If um, she closes her eyes, we're golden. Yeah, she'll go under her beauty sleep. Right. So, <laughs> speaking of slowing down, mm. I have my own traffic struggles this week. It seemed like every fucking time. I either drove to work this week or headed home. It was it was one of the two. Somebody fucking decided to change lanes and cut me off in the middle of fucking traffic. They're stopped over in this lane, in the left lane. I'm in the right lane moving at my normal speed, and they decide about 10 feet away. I'm done waiting on this shit and just whip their asses over. I can't tell you how many fucking rear ends I almost plastered <laughs> this week. You know. It, let me put it this way. There were a lot of double birds this week. <laughs> double birds. Double birds. Double bird Monday. I mean, there. And so the the best one was as I was. I was going down Riverside from from my workplace. Um, to get to uh, Vapor Kings, which is uh, on Peoria. And? And uh, going down Riverside, and you know what that light is like at 71st and Riverside. Mm -hmm. It can back up for rush hour. Oh, yeah. I'm getting near the intersection. I'm in the right-hand lane. I normally am caught in that traffic because I need to turn, but I'm headed north. Motherfucker fucking electrician in a company fucking van one of those giant ass fucking two-ton fucking work vans fuck, fucking fucking fuck decides to just jump the fuck over and accept and accelerate as quickly as that van would go which wasn't very fast well I mean, you've got a bunch of fucking tools in the back. Would you want to have them? I got close enough to see what kind of tools he had on the rack. <laughs> I had to completely stop my vehicle. The car directly behind me almost found my tail hitch uh, in, their, in their fucking grill. Uh, okay? You know, this is why... Yeah. yeah. If you if you're going to decide that you no longer want to sit in the stop traffic and move over into the moving traffic, 
Make sure you have plenty of fucking distance and not just get pissed off and go, whoop. Yeah. So. Like, that's the best way to get your ass plastered. Yes. Ass plastered. I mean. I can't use that for a shit title. <laughs> Half of the other drivers in this city would have hit the back of that van. Well. You're not the half of the... Yeah. No, because so, I actually pay attention. But I did get the satisfaction of the company's number. Oh, God. You, you're you that asshole. You're like, being, how's my driving? Being Fuck. in... Please call you 100 know, foot and a half tall font. Yeah. Right on the back of it. Did you, did you get the... And in, you know, the standard size address... Letters mm-hmm. or numbers, you know, the the things that are like four inches tall, yeah. right? Yeah. Stickers. On the back of his vehicle with the vehicle number. And you remembered that shit. I did. And you're like, yeah. So your driver's an idiot. I also <laughs> knew it was Aspen Electric. Oh, called out. <laughs> I... <laughs> I called them fuckers. Yeah, and what did you get? A fucking voicemail? No, I got a live person. Oh shit! This is at like five thirty, and I've never called one of those in numbers. The I, I just re- realized that I, I've never called one of those numbers because uh, unless I'm about to get into a fucking accident, I could give I, two shits. I give her the vehicle number, and she's like. Okay, well, we'll we'll definitely look into that and uh-huh. make sure that's addressed with the electrician. I said, "Well, no, here here's the thing. Um it was at 71st and Riverside, not a minute and a half ago." And she's like, "Oh, I know exactly who that is." Oh, and I was like, "Yeah. Shit. So you better fucking do something about it." Yeah. Because I about totaled your work vehicle. Well, shit. You know, this is... So So my rage felt justified <laughs> and immediately at ease after that phone call. You're like, yeah, I just got somebody like, in trouble. <sighs> Why is it that when you get somebody in trouble like that, it's like... You know, I don't have this problem. You know what the great thing about working at night and fucking vampire hours is? You never have traffic. No fucking traffic. Though occasionally you will going home just because you're like the tail. Going in and coming, you know, going home, I hit the tail ends of both rush hours. So, yeah. uh, so I'm like, all right, I can deal with Though this. Though typically going home, most of the traffic's running the opposite way you are. Pretty much. So- I'll give you something. Yeah. I've been kind of going through this phase where I'm just re-enjoying things uh, that I used to a little bit. Like, pretty soon I'm going to pick up a guitar. Me and Dad were talking the other day um, over lunch, and he was like, you know, I don't play my guitars enough. He's like, do you want, I've got a choice of a couple. There's an Ibanez with a floating tremolo RG450, I think. Anyways, I really. That's a really nice guitar. I really want that guitar a lot. Um, floating bridge means that it has the little, like you have a whammy bar, right? right? Um, and then he's got an old guitar that's basically a sister brand of S of, uh, Gibson from back in the seventies called Ames. It was real popular 50, 40 years ago. Right. Um, and it's an SG lookalike with SG humbuckers and it was made in like 1972. My dad has had it forever. I've played it in a few shows. 
Um, it's my favorite guitar my dad has because it just has a really warm tone. So anyways, I, I'm going way into the woods. I'm going to get out of the woods. Um, the song that you need to play, because I've been going through old music, there's a song called Re- Refused Party Program by a band called The Refused. Um, they had a couple of songs that were on a couple of soundtracks. I don't, it wasn't Speed. I'm trying to think of other movies that were like that back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, kind of a post-punk, um, hardcore, but almost spunky is the word that i would use i don't know there's just so much fucking attitude and most of the songs are two minutes long and it's just like on and then off and it's not so heavy that it's like death metal or anything like that it's just like the right mix of punk and the right mix of hardcore and the right mix of like not knowing having anybody else's sound but the, the name of the song is refused party program if you need to blow some steam in about two minutes it is like four riffs that just go over and over for about two minutes and it is just it is just fucking on point. So speaking of being in a weird music listening place, last couple of weeks I've been in this mode where I have been, I've had this mix on my phone of All American Rejects, Depeche Mode, and Kings of Leon. Okay. Yeah, welcome to college for me. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I have- I mean, I was in an accounting class with a bass player for All-American Rejects, and we played two or three shows with them in Stillwater before they were a thing. Nice. Um, Nice. I'm kind of old. They're (laughs) right. Well, they were were one of the, quote, um, Tyler's a pretty nice guy, or at least he was almost 20 Um, years ago. uh, Bands that came onto the scene that I actually listened to. Of course, if you don't know who Depeche Mode is, uh, you... Personal Jesus, there you go. There's an 80s hit. Yes, there you go. I mean, that's pretty much it. Over and over and over again. I've got... I mean, their three styles musically, though, don't really go together, but I was just really digging it for some reason. I mean, that's... I used to call it a guilty pleasure, and now I'm past the music snobbery of my youth. I, I have every almost every Depeche Mode album from the 80s and some of the 90s, and yes, I like Exciter, and so if you're a Depeche Mode fan, Exciter's really not a bad album. It's just like, you know, it's like listening to a it, B-side from a Nine Inch Nails album. Right. right. It, well, and it's really, a lot of their sounds really eclectic. Oh, yeah. the That was, um, it's not other 70s bands that I wanted a Gresh guitar. It was because I saw a video of Depeche Mode playing Personal Jesus and What's His The main instrumentalist of that band playing a Gretsch that made me want a Gretsch was because of Dash Depeche Mode. Um, I have pretty eclectic style, too. I'm, I'm a fairly big fan of others. Yeah. So, I just thought it was a really weird mix, but for some reason, I was just in that mode where I was digging it. You know, it's funny is, um, me and Jason were talking about beard straighteners. Did you get the beard straightener? <laughs> uh, m- no, my wife got me so, uh, like a smaller hair straightener <laughs> yeah like, like me and jason are kind of on this like grow your beard out kick we are um since rusty no, can't I we're making up for the lack of rusty <laughs> i made a mistake hair. a Fuck few off. weeks ago and like cut one side even with my chin so when i was trying to trim straight ends off so um mm. it's currently growing back out still but it's four weeks it's got an inch so i'm just waiting i 
I got this thing off Amazon thing. You know, I kept seeing the, you know, my phone just listens to everything, right? Yeah. Of course. And so advertised something that was like some kind of like heated beard comb. So I was looking on Amazon for it because I didn't want to buy it through a Facebook ad. And I must have gotten some cheap Chinese knockoff for about 15 bucks. And the tines on this thing are like a sixteenth of an inch long, and it's got a heated plate that gets up to like 110 degrees. And so I've tried to use it on yeah, my beard, no. and it just like... It, my beard laughs at it. It just, yeah. it's like I'm just, it's like you see what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I'm just petting my face. Yeah. It's, that's what I'm doing because it doesn't even grab anything. Like, right. I need like, I need like a beard you claw. Need, you need, I need the, a beard claw. You need the actual actual thirty dollar one that you know you can actually brush from one side, but then the other side has the actual uh, plate. So I, you know, and I was explaining to somebody grab. the other day, and it might have been Jessa, but I was explaining. No, it wasn't her. It was explaining at work. Well, they asked me like, "Why are you? Why is your beard so scruffy?" <laughs> and I was like, "You know, you know, when I was younger, I used to grow my hair out. That doesn't happen so much anymore. So I started growing my beard again this year. And usually, I keep. I'm that guy that keeps it super short most of the time. Uh, and I just got on a wild kick, and I didn't shave it for a couple months. And I was like, you know what? I wonder what it'd be like if I grew it out. I've never grown it way out." And I'm starting to get to that Viking stage, and I'm I'm liking the Viking stage. It's actually gotten past to the point where even Jess is like rethinking how long it's getting. She's yeah. like, she's like, it's getting well, really long, you, and it's to the point where like when I eat food, it just catches everything. You, like I got to wash have, my whole face. You do have to, <laughs> you do have to admit it could probably use a new trim now. It could, as I'm just pulling out these like six or eight inch long like gray hairs. That it like and it's just getting so gray, like I, it looks like an old woman's so, vagina at this point. It's, speaking of like beard it's been trim, unshaven for so long. I uh, <laughs> turned one of my coworkers on the elephant in the room, and yeah. he actually. So he went there for his first trim today. He liked it. So, he liked the the trim and the fucking you know the massage and everything so much. He signed up for the fucking monthly, the seventeen dollar monthly. Like I got a. A boss is, that was a transplant from corporate that's a pretty good guy. And he was, you know, been recommending places to eat and all those other things since he really moved here on his own accord to, you know, be our boss. And then I got him turned on to it because he can get a beard trim now and he can get the, the works. And after one time, he's like, oh, I signed up for a subscription. And I was like, why is it? He's like, I can get a haircut every week. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, more power well, to you. Well, here's the thing. You, you they will him. do the full... Trim and style and everything once a month on that membership, right? No, it's once a week. They'll no, once no, a week. the once a week is like trimming the ed is cleaning the edges up. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. And then yeah, you get the full haircut once a month. Once a week maintenance, but then like you get the full thing once a month for seventeen bucks. That's Wait. it's it's actually fairly expensive. I'll tell you, like it's so expensive at this point that I'm, I was reevaluating it this month. I was like, well, so it's going to cost me twenty five dollars to get my beard cut, and I'm starting to feel a little bit like a hipster. And that wasn't the intent, right? It was just the, it was just the novelty of having a longer beard, and it's just so gray. Like I just need to get it squared right. up or something. I, I I had a subscription to Dollar Shave Club for about a year and a half. And I had so many extra razors that I canceled the subscription about six months ago, and I'm still using the same fucking razors. 
Thank you. Well, are they, they meant to <laughs> use just, twice or what? No, you're supposed to use them once and throw them out, but I can't. I can't do that because you've been you've been like I, many of male who uses a razor about eight or nine times until it starts to cut you before you start tossing. It's like oh, it's tugging there. If it gets to the point where it's like you know a little bit of razor burn, yeah, that blade goes away. But I mean, they give you so many fucking blades every fucking month that you don't need to use that. And I stop really shaving the top of my head. Uh, you know, I I tend to go completely fucking hairless. Considering I can't get a fucking beard to grow, it gets to neck beard stage, and that's about it, which is not a good look on a fat man. Uh, so, right. uh, so I just I cut it off and then fucking shave, and I just keep my hair short. It prevents me from ripping my fucking hair out at work, but that's that's a secondary thing. Uh, I would love to grow a fucking beard. You guys suck because you can't, assholes. But, it, yeah. It probably doesn't make you feel any better, but I've been able to do this since I was 16. Eat I mean. a dick. Eat a bag of dicks. Eat a whole truckload. The only thing was from- <laughs> Consume a uh, satchel of Richards. Uh, from time I was, uh, now, of course, I didn't. I only let grow once when I was 16, and then I cut it because I couldn't get past the itchy stage. Um, but from time I was 18 on, I had a goatee. Um, and then, you know, That's we had the, the soul patch. <laughs> the soul I, patch. I could get the soul patch, maybe. Um, and then, of course, when we had the kids move in with us. Fuck, who has? I mean, you you saw it. When I was actually shaving my head and keeping the goatee up and everything, mm -hmm. I would ruin a razor in two days. Oh, yeah. So, Dollar Shave Club, wouldn't, you know, yeah, wouldn't be, be good enough. But. Being able to afford razors at that pace, yeah, <laughs> was not a thing once kids moved in any longer. You just needed to go with um, the straight razor and be fucking good with it. I really probably should for my head. Yep. Um. So I started letting the beard grow out, mostly out of lack of funds and laziness. Yeah, well, <laughs> man, it works. But Crystal likes it. She wants me to get close to Justin's current length and like just get somebody to really clean it up. You know, make it shape it nice and everything, and just keep it that way. It'd be it it'd be nice. I just I just can't do it. I I I want I wanted to try, but every time I tried. And it just doesn't work. I'm also, I'm also. You know, I heard that you can put Rogaine on your face. I'm you can. You know, <laughs> you know, I would, I, it would be me. I would be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to like make it happen. Fucking get myself a whole fucking bowl of Rogaine and just like place plant. <laughs> you know, just sit um... there. It's like sleep in it. Fucking put some tubes in so I could breathe and just sleep in it. Wake up and fucking Wolfman face or some shit. I, in, in my luck, the only fucking things that would grow is my eyebrows, my eyelashes, and my nose hairs. <laughs> right. Fuckers. Uh, um, you know, you can actually get, uh, um, get, uh, that shit professionally done now for your face, like, like Bosley does for top oh of your head. Oh my God. Really? You can get yes. hair transplants for your face? Yes. Oh, Jesus. 
They could take what little hair you have on the back and sides of your head and just put it on your face. That's going to go away sooner or later anyway, so I'll just end up looking like the fucking stereotypical nuclear baby. Uh, fucking patchy-ass beard here and there. I'm sorry that that implant didn't fucking work, so now you've got a hole in your beard. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they call it neograft, and, a, and you can now do it. Do it for facial hair. Oh, joy. Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to go ahead and just not. Get I your mean, full this, beard, Rusty. This, this right here, I mean, this this hair on the top of my head in the back and you know on the sides, I mean, it's thinning out, too. So there's not much hope for me. <laughs> oh, I mean, you're basically full Picard right now. Thanks. You're welcome. Full Picard. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking my captain, of, my captain. Speaking <laughs> of full Picard, so I saw a trailer for it. Now, I hate this because it's their streaming service, but CBS released a trailer for, for a whole new Picard series. Yeah, I saw I saw the trailer for it. It was a teaser, but... Yeah, know, it was a teaser, but... All, all it was was the fucking vineyard. Like, it's like his life after Starfleet. Where is this gonna go? Like, where well, are you going to take this fucking show? I mean, the whole reason why Picard was a you know was a uh, you know a, a big thing was because he was basically just well, you, if you have to deal with Q, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you think about his his relationships with uh, with. Not just the Klingons, but the Romulans, the Borg. Right. They, they could, they could take it actually several really interesting directions. the The big thing I I took take away from everything I've seen about so far is that Patrick Stewart himself said, "When I read it, it read like a ten hour movie." And it made me cry. Oh, geez. And I'm like, okay, if it made Patrick Stewart cry, he's. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a way to watch this. <laughs> he's an actor. That's the thing. He gets really into his fucking roles, too. So, Well, the thing is, he actually hated that role in the beginning. He only hated it because of, um, this, you know, because of the fact that it was he, just so serial. Yeah, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to see himself caught in the same cycle he'd seen Shatner and um, Nimoy Nimoy get caught in. Yep. And um, then it, you know, Star Trek: The Next Generation just really became its own thing. It was so much different than the original series. They went so many different places with it. And it went for so long that, I mean, really, he fully embraced that part. Yeah. He became that part in a lot of ways. And a lot of that's why he was the perfect Professor X. Yeah. Well, he was already kind of caught into, you know, the sci-fi and the nerd culture at that time. So yeah. he's like, ah, I might as well make I mean, it a life. Uh, you know, he, he was, you know, still big into, you know, like 
plays, like old plays, like Shakespearean plays and yeah. things like that. So, I mean, um, you think about most actors <laughs> only really have one really defining role. Yeah, there's a couple. You know, I mean, like Keanu um, Reeves is doing a pretty good job for himself. <laughs> well, yeah, but he has. So Keanu Reeves has his early, should we say, defining roles based on being a doofus. It, well, you know, and then you have Neo and John Wick. Well, yeah. And then he, then he found guns. And then he, found... <laughs> he found guns and. Kung Fu. I actually um, watched the first John Wick. You know, oh, you finally watched I that? I finally watched the first John Wick because I was like, I, I'm the only person I know that didn't. So uh, so I uh, I said, you know what? Fuck it. It's, uh, it's pizza night and John Wick's happening. So, you know, I rented it and, you know, <laughs> rented it from fucking YouTube. <laughs> Because you can do that shit now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I watched it. It was a pretty good flick. Pretty good flick at all. You know, I was, uh, you know. You're not going to believe me when I say this. But if you thought that was pretty good, watch two. I heard a bunch of stuff for like two and three, but. I haven't seen three yet. I haven't seen three yet either. Uh, but, but you know, I mean, two was better than the first one. Okay. And the first one was good. I I don't know. The narration of the first one won me over. The the all the uh, narration from the main antagonist in the whole movie made that one. Yeah, yeah. I I just needed the second one is very good, but it absolutely leaves it open for a sequel. Right. I, oh yeah. I just needed a good, you know, it, I didn't necessarily know the premise behind it. All I knew right. going into this thing was that it was Keanu Reeves. He had pistols that he primarily used pistols and that an unfortunate thing happens to his dog. Yeah. And that's all I had but going into it. You, you know, the thing that impressed me the most about about those movies is if you watch them closely, you know, most action flicks take for granted and over-stylize the gunplay, right? And typically that leads to you firing 30 shots from a gun that has a 12 or 14 shot magazine, etc., right? That. No, this dude, so they paid careful attention to that shit. And actually show good close quarters tactics, etc., with his firearms. So you actually see him doing combat reloads with his pistols. Yeah. You know, you you see him using reloading while while using close combat strikes, except it like and realistically reloading before the clip's empty because he knows I'm gonna need more rounds. Right. <laughs> like yeah, I, I noticed that he, you know, that was one thing that they kind of pointed out more in the action scenes. There was mm -hmm. uh, that reloading is so a, you know, is a bitch what, when you need, you know, need what to have What the first season of Daredevil was uh, that that gritty real world uh, street fighting, basically. Yeah, your superheroes are going to get bruises. Um, 
John Wick was that for your for your gun toting action movie. Yeah. Um. So I, I and I the just, way just the way they shoot the action in those movies is just really good. Yeah, I just needed to see it. I mean, the it reminded me because I had actually watched Polar. Uh, before I watched John Wick. Polar was good. And they're kind of the same style thing. Yeah, just Polar's directly related to a comic. Right. But it's, you know, retired, you know, assassins, essentially. Uh, And, uh, yeah. And I remember watching Polar and liking it, even though it was slower than John Wick. So, So, let me ask. While you were having your pizza watching this movie, it was popcorn a thing, too. No. How can you watch a movie without popcorn? Because pizza's enough, man. Pizza is enough. Well, popcorn is amazing. Popcorn is amazing, but I I can't. Yeah, so. I can't do popcorn anymore. I I got ruined on it. At some point, maybe we'll have a movie night at my house because Jessa likes to make custom popcorn. Okay. She just asked me the other day because. We were going to watch some Stranger... Or we weren't even watching Stranger Things. I was just fucking around, and me and her were, you know, going back and forth on text message, and she had asked me to pick up a bunch of popcorn seeds, right? Like, just real popcorn. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I did, and I was, like, talking about craving it or whatever, and so she just shows up at the house. She's like... I was like, what are we doing? She's like, making popcorn right now. So she's just asked me two questions. It was caramel or Parmesan. I was like, Parmesan? Parmesan. So she made basically like Parmesan like meltiness for the popcorn and just, you know, magic happened. What? Magic happened. Magic happened and she made it and then I didn't realize that caramel corn was as easy as it was. She's like, yeah, you just like make a ring of sugar and it turns into, like, realize that caramel's just burnt sugar and I was like, and I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Okay. She's like, I, we can do that next time, too, if you want. She's like, Parmesan is actually what I was hoping you'd oh. say, because Parmesan is good. Yeah. But, yeah, she just but made a bunch of popcorn, correct. and every fucking night since, I've been, I haven't cooked popcorn in a long time, so I've been experimenting. So it's really been me and Lola and Zoe, you know, the dogs, uh, eating popcorn every night, because whatever. I this, can't. This week has just I, sucked. Yeah, so I'm just like, everything... <laughs> It's just like you know it, what popcorn makes me happy. If you if you give me if you give me <laughs> popcorn a, makes me happy. It's good. If you give me like a bowl of caramel popcorn and a bowl of popcorn with real butter, I'm not I'm not talking that powdery shit. I'm talking real butter. Just take both those bowls, mix them together. It's like crack. I don't know, like man. Crack. That I might work. Know. Well, you know, here's all I've been doing is I've been using like the because you get the salty and the sweet. Oh, whatever. Salty and sweet. I've been just doing, just melting a little bit of butter and then making it on the stove and then just pouring it on top and then just yeah. But you gotta it. let the butter cool a little bit. If you pour it on while the butter's completely hot, it just like make your popcorn soggy. Uh, this hadn't been soggy. I've been getting the right ratio to where it's just like a glaze. Yeah. And it's just a, it tastes just like movie popcorn. It's so fucking good. I was having, I was eating popcorn before you guys came here. Like I was, just... <laughs> he's been popcorn. So man. I just, I, that's what, and it's not real high calorie, but I'm, it's not real good calorie either. It's just this week, just decided I'm just resetting everything on the diet. I'm just 
I have all this popcorn. It's fucking dangerous. It's it's so delicious for me. For me, I guess my my popcorn is not popcorn because, like, if I'm if I'm gonna watch a movie, of course I'm gonna have a fucking snack while I'm watching a movie because that's that that's kind of a no brainer, especially when you're at home and you can make make whatever the fuck you want, right? Uh, so my popcorn isn't popcorn; it's fries. I oh yeah love making no, fries. So, Rusty so, and I used to on the regular chili cheese fries. Oh yeah, watching movies or football. Fuck yes, just like two full ass like sheet pans, sheet pans full of chili cheese fries. I fucking get some crinkle cut fries, put that fucking shit down on the you know on there, cook those things. Uh, you know, get them nice and crispy, and then just put the fucking chili over top of it. Put some uh, some like fajita steak over top of that, and then like an entire fucking bag of cheese. Just cover it, and put that shit in there. Get the cheese all melty. Get the steak all warmed up and everything. Pull that baby out, and you have to use a fucking saw to cut that fucker in half. <laughs> and then you have to use like a fucking. Uh, 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 a pizza, shovel, yeah, a pizza <laughs> shovel to actually pull that fucker off and put it onto a plate, and yeah, you have to saw at it a little bit, but man, is it good? <laughs> you know, it's moving, kind of moving along. Oh, but bit. man, does it sit on your stomach like a brick when you're done? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it tastes so good. Just crazy normal bullshit that's happened this week. Yeah. I was uh, the way that I have to prepare. When I leave for work is, you know, wear out both dogs a little bit. Um, Lola has to be in her own little compartment, so to speak, when I leave for work. And sometimes I come from work and check on her. And so one particular day um, I came home and checked on her and, you know, because she's a puppy still. And I'm a big softy. Um, you know, <laughs> take her outside, let her take a dump, you know, eat my lunch real quick and then come back, you know, go back to work. And I must not have latch the door very well because i just i've deep you know puppy proof the laundry room for the dog and i came home and like the door was cracked open and oh, oh shit and she was <laughs> sitting in front of the door when i opened the door because i i have it she can't hear anything but i know she can smell the exhaust or something when i drive up because she usually wakes up and i open the door and she's just looking at me and it's like what's going on and then i see the door behind her inch closed Oh, really? And so I push on the door. I was like, what's going on? And then it pushes back closed. Uh-oh. And Zoe's on the other side pushing the door closed. <laughs> oh, wow. Zoe's hurting the dog back. <laughs> well, she's. it's like she's pretending we, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then, you, you know. Do, you do not see anything. I was really worried that she got all over the place and did all sorts of crazy shit. And the worst thing I found was like a turdlet in the <laughs> middle of the... <laughs> In the middle of the kitchen, and literally nothing else. Like I guess she wasn't used to her freedom, and Zoe must have herded her back in there. But like it was literally like that was it. But it was just funny because like I came in and like both dogs are like guilty as shit, and of course Zoe's like sitting there looking fucking guilty, like something happened. And just like, well, there's the turd. <laughs> well, and there's you. She, she there's was the turd. she was looking guilty because. The other dog's not supposed to be out of that room. And she knows. And, and usually when I, I get... tried to keep her in there, but I couldn't completely keep her in there, you know, kind of thing. Probably. Because as, 
as old as Zoe is, not only is she a herding dog, but I'm sure she at this point probably feels some motherly instinct towards the puppy. It's some. She doesn't really bite the dog that often anymore. Like, even tonight, like, you could see her, oh like, God. just hanging off her fucking ears, and Zoe's just like, get this puppy away from me for now. <laughs> like, please do something. But, anyways, um, I've been watching some Stranger Things. Please don't ruin it for me, Jason. Oh, I'm not. It, but you've so been you've been doing some things, too, right? <laughs> here's the thing. The, um, I just. Even wearing my Stranger Things t-shirt. I'm, I haven't actually ever started stranger things before this week um never never got into it um but the last couple weeks uh i had been watching um into the badlands while while playing games um and this week i just i hit this place at work where everything kind of normalized a little bit after being really crazy for a couple of weeks. So I just kind of hit a wall. So when I've been getting home, basically all I've been doing is watching shit. <laughs> um, so I finished into the badlands. That is actually a really good series. I've just, um, been, I've finished I, something about ninjas three. or something. On- uh, yeah, basically it's like, a, um, so it's loosely based on journey to the West. The which West is an being... old Chinese fable. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a, think, post-apocalyptic, um, what am I trying to think of here? Um, kind of think post-apocalyptic, uh, a post-apocalyptic John Woo film uh, mixed with a little bit of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, it's basically a kung fu movie for a series. Okay. Um. Wait, what? What do we? It's a weird concept. I don't. It, it is a really weird concept. So basically, something happened where all all society, like, just stopped. Right. Okay. Um, and in place of that society out of the ashes, etc., um, there was basically more of a feudal system that ended up going into place. So you have these barons who control primary resources throughout the, throughout the country, oil, um, opium's a big thing. Um, steel you know right that sort of thing um and basically there's there's no guns there's no gun you know there are some explosives but those are typically for mining etc um so it's all um guns have been replaced again by swords and bows and arrows basically okay um you still have cars you still have gas right they ever explain Um, why there's no guns no it's just all all of a sudden Um, all guns are gone yeah um so you have these uh uh you have these barons that control the resources right and they trade among each other and uneasy alliances etc etc right um 
but their primary forces they call clippers basically they're just like badass kung fu assassins and the story revolves around uh and the the leader of these armies is generally called a regent okay right these people are raised to fight they're trained to fight uh they can't have families yeah yeah etc et okay so the story centers around one regent who uh ends up by accident starting a family with girl he really likes <laughs> basically um but along with that comes this kid with special fucking powers like enhanced his eyes will go black and like his strength enhances you know agility stuff like that we call that demon possession um, <laughs> i i was uh the way the way everything works it's kind of like kaokin <laughs> ah okay dragon ball reference okay Yay. i say i'm so um, lost <laughs> so this kid Watch comes into play and I mean, um, just craziness ensues with him trying to make sure the baron doesn't end up with the kid because he knows the baron will abuse that power yeah yeah etc right. etc um it takes some really crazy turns and it's we don't have enough time for me to explain the entire series right but you don't want but to watch the fucking thing watch it it is worth the watch the storyline is good um they don't shortchange character storylines okay um you don't basically the only kind of two-bit characters you're introduced to that you that you see more than once or twice um are consistent throughout the entire series the only gen generally that kind of roles saved for the cannon fodder <laughs> so but there is a whole lot of really good martial arts throughout the series like really good so this is into the badlands into the badlands okay it's amc's other temple series gotcha okay well shit aside from the walking dead related stuff yeah well i mean i'm over zombies like been over zombies for years yeah. dude <laughs> so yeah um so it's really good there's three seasons on netflix um season four is supposed to be its final one i think but okay um it's it's really worth the watch but since i finished that this week i started stranger things season one uh, i have never watched it i have i stayed away from it strictly on the fact that everybody told me oh, you have oh, to watch this, it. all this great 80s nostalgia yeah yeah i'm like yeah, 80s you know what fucking screw that shit there's enough i'm tired of people playing on the nostalgia right right um so. but then somebody at work really broke down uh this kind of the rough story for me and in terms that really resonate with me especially on the on the sci-fi side <laughs> of things it's it's an homage um, to 80s horror and dungeons and dragons oh yeah okay no really and it's yeah they do your childhood so well like it 
hits you in a feels that you didn't know that you remembered. I'm going to have to watch this then because Stranger Things so, is excellent. I I I looked at it and like just watching from the music just, to everything about it to it's just and it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. It, they do different types of horror themes for each season. They evolve. It's evolved again like by the time you get to yeah. season 3 it is much different than uh, and season 2 is much different than season 1. Just, um, but there's also and the a kids lot of... are not annoying at all. The yeah. kids are basically remind you a lot of yourself growing up. It is literally it is targeted so hard to our demographic. It is unreal. Okay, um, and that's a lot of the reason why I avoided but, it for so long. But it's but it's done really um, well. For me, it was like I, I watched. You know like what sold little... me on it is I, I'll say give them props because they've done a lot for the show in their own way. Um, BMF cast, I'll say Mackie. Mackie sold me on it really hard, just saying, like, he's a little bit older than me, not much, though. And they do, Bad Movie Fiends is like a podcast based on bad movies. Right. But he used to be a genuine film critic in the past, right? Now he works mm-hmm. for a newspaper. But he was talking about it, and he's like, it's, it doesn't come across as cheesy. It's like, everything is just right. He's like, everything yeah. just hits all the right notes for every bit of it. And generally... I, I will say if you listen to a Mackie, a true Mackie review of something and you listen to this show and you listen to any of the carousel and you like a lot of the same flavors of stuff we do that tends to be a little bit off in left field, mm. it will resonate with you. If you've yeah. agreed with us at least 60% of the time across <laughs> any of those sites, <laughs> it will resonate with you. All right. Well, when somebody broke the down the kind of the season one storyline for me and really explained it without trying to get way too spoilery and um i a lot of the elements i was like okay maybe it's time i just give it a try yeah um so i've watched the first couple episodes and i gotta say that they were 100 percent correct it's it's Um, it's not an annoying kids show it's it's just scary enough to be scary and now it's gotten pretty so pretty nuts and i'm really you know a a lot of the it's pretty gruesome and a lot of the late 70s and the early 80s sci-fi horror that all of us really love grew up with (laughs) it is that just with grade a special effects okay yeah i mean i i grew up with uh, Jason Voorhees, Freddy, and fucking Hellraiser. So right, okay, but so you also grew that. up with Alien and Predator. Well, Alien and Predator, but they were, also uh, tie some of that into D and D lore. D and D lore. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, because the kids are really heavy in D and D. You know, it's 1983. Oh God, that's I am such a nerd. yeah. I am such. A... It's it's one of those things that if you can get past the fact that they typecast our demographic for specifically for people that like tabletop stuff okay right and then it yes it is playing on your childhood it's just that it's done so well and it doesn't it doesn't piss you off in some of the ways that some other things that are targeting that culture do right okay it doesn't piss me off in the same way that think geek has like made it plastic so to speak right, right? And it was like oh yeah here's your childhood Packaged in a little box. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's not like a loot crate or anything like that, right? right? It's it's just done well and with a level of respect that makes you not pissed. And actually, the <laughs> and it's lighthearted. Like kids in movies generally suck, 
right? Right. Well, I mean, yeah. Unless it's the Goonies. Yeah, it's... Well, and the writing is really genuinely good, too. Um, so far, the, my favorite character is the sheriff, and you'll probably understand why in a little bit. I really Yeah, like I'm sure. Sheriff. So far, he's a really big dick, but... He's uh, kind of a big dick through most of it, and he's not incredibly smart, but he's but got a heart of gold, and he's amazing. Granted, part of this is also me watching this series, knowing that that particular actor is the one that's been cast as the new Hellboy. So I'm uh, kind of wanting totally to see, see I'm wanting to He's, see kind of how he is in this to and now you've just got me to watch this show kind of work out my, uh, <laughs> he's, no, he's my like feelings non, towards a, him. A non buff Ron Perlman. It's kind of like watching wise. parks and recreation to see to get ready for guardians of the galaxy. Kind of. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it doesn't territory you're in. Yeah. But guardians as good as guardians is. Um, plays more on the soundtrack. I know it's, and, it's and just... some of the imagery, whereas this literally just dives into all that stuff. Right. I'm just. It's just a weird analogy. I mean, all the kids are treated like the tabletop nerds that they are, right? <laughs> By everyone in their school. Like, I should not have any problems. Their siblings. With this, I shouldn't yeah. have any problems with this. If I have any problems, I'm gonna None. let you know. I I will I will say that so far the uh uh their play on nostalgia is not necessarily just to play on it. Okay. Right? No, they, they just they use it as they, a base to build on. They wrote this with a specific backdrop in mind and a specific end game. Right. Okay. So uh, so they're not just playing on the nostalgia to play on the nostalgia. Well, and honestly, I had the same reservations. And then Jess had watched season one, and she's like, hey, I really think you'll like this. And me and her, about 90% of the time, like the same stuff. Like, I still haven't seen the Avengers because that's a thing that we want to see together, right? Right. John Wick 3 is something that we're seeing together. And then the next X-Men, right? Um, the last X-Men? Which I'm yeah. skipping. But I... I like the people they used for that part of the series. Anyways, I know it won't be nearly close to Avengers, but it's just. Anyways, she had gotten through it. She's like, I'm willing to watch this again if you give it a shot. I was like, all right. Whatever. Right. And then before you know it, like maybe two weeks later, we'd gotten through season one and two on her limited schedule. So that was like all of Christmas for us was getting through Stranger Things one of two and then looking forward to the fourth, right? Right. So we've been kind of, kind of getting through it as we've been busy this week, but like we're already five episodes in, and pretty, yeah. pretty all right with it and so far. Another part that sold me was the these people at work talking to me about. They're like, even my parents enjoy this, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so Wait, so what? your your 50 and 60 year old parents enjoy this show too okay yeah well maybe there th- is actually something to it right? before i had a sega genesis i used to play sega at my aunt's house who's about 10 years older than me so for her like it really hits exactly where she grew up oh yeah she was telling me she's like this is literally like right between me and you She's like, you will like it. We were talking about it on the fourth this year. She's like, have you gotten through three? I was like, well, she's like, I've been watching it all morning. 
It's like, no, no. not yet. It's awesome. I'll give it a try. Uh, I, I've been staying away from it because anything that gets overly hyped, I don't want to, I don't want to jump into it right away. I'm just weird like that. Um, like the expanse. I, I waited for fucking a a long time to actually get into all my reservation with that show came from everybody just screaming at me. You need to watch this, the nostalgia, the nostalgia. And I'm like, Fuck the nostalgia. Yeah, right? because fucking Ready Player One fucking you know tried that shit and and it it kind of I fell actually flat. enjoy that movie. Well, I've read the, I read the book. Um, Holly got me the book when the movie came out. And said, hey, check it out. And the book's not bad, but there are parts of the book that kind of pissed me off. But I do want to move into video games since Ready Player One deals with that. Um, Rusty, I gave Thronebreaker a try. Yes. How um, you, uh, how, uh, how far did you get? Um, I made it through several of the puzzles at this point, and okay. I've gotten past the basically the intro and into the main plot point. Uh, okay, the, the Nilfgaardians is where I'm at. That's the easy way to put it. Okay, well, I, I haven't uh, I haven't gotten very much, you know, much farther than the tutorial. So it's uh, it's not easy. Um, I'm having to kind of relearn how my Gwent strategies work, and the puzzles really play on. It gives you it. Basically, you play Gwent with every battle, and then they sometimes have these puzzle battles, and what it is is they give you a preset deck and a single turn to win, which means you need to figure out how your abilities work together, and you can infinitely retry until you figure it out. So that part's fine. But it it does really put your skills to the test, I think, with figuring that stuff out. With, like, if I do this, is like, the one of them was, like, get everything down to one hit point. Right, which meant I had to use like archers, and then uh, like a card that triggered an extra part of the turn, and then a, a card that refreshed, and then I had to play everything in a certain order to make it work. But then there's a lot of standard battles, right? And basically, what it is is you move your character through this area. It's not Geralt; it's uh, Queen Maeve, e- something like that. Yeah, Queen. Is it? Yeah. I'm you're moving, like you're one, moving one of the main protagonists in the Witcher story through this area as the land's being taken over. And what you do is you, you gather resources, you go and you use the resources of wood and gold to build additions so that you can upgrade or purchase different cards. And then you win some cards sometimes from the different quests you take. So there's like a storyline and dialogue choices and stuff like that. But as you're moving your character through the world, you end up doing everything in a Gwent battle. Um, I got it on the pretty cheap on the Steam sale, like fourteen ninety nine or something like that, and that was a really good price point for me because I was really not sure. Right. I sunk about twelve hours into it. Like there was several very long game sessions that I've kind of dug in with it. Um, but I've had some fun with it, and I'm really interested in how it ends. And it's a good game on my rotation right now to pick up and put down. You know. And yeah. Just... It's. Uh. It. It was one of those I just kind of touched my toe to it just to see how you know how i would like it and uh having you know been playing things like you know strategy uh like from uh metal tech going into that it was like eh, it's not quite what i want i want a little bit more action i just um so it is it's on it's on the plate it's just gonna sit there for a bit well let me recommend some action for you that just goes very quick battles very quick battles uh, brigador Brigador. I've had this on my wish list for like two years. Huh. Um, it is a mech fighting game with basically like super hyper stylized, hyper colorized 
super sharp SNES graphics, really more like SNES times two. Um, it's a mech fighter, and you do a series of contracts through the campaign, and most of the contracts last about five minutes. And each mech has like three abilities, so two different guns and then a special. And you, and then you have like a stomp of sorts, right? So there's like tanks that you control and little mechs you control. Um, and they're real, real fast, short battles for each of the campaigns. I haven't played a campaign that lasts me longer than five minutes, and I'm like 15 or 20 in right now. Um, but it's really, really fast, and it's got really cool music, and it's got a pretty bare-bones story. But the objective is either blow this thing up or shoot this thing or get through this level in such a way, or you have limited ammo, so you must melee everything. Um, it's just a series of short fights so far. And then after you get past a certain point, then you can pick any a variety of different mechs for each of the missions you choose. Um, and I've heard it's a fairly long game overall, but it does it in these little bitty bite-sized chunks. So you could, if I wanted to, I could come home from lunch and play a level while I'm waiting on something to cook and then go back to work. Like this would be amazing if it was on Switch because it's so fast that you don't have, it's, it's a total ADD game. On the regular, it's twenty bucks. On the cheap, I got it for ten. Yeah, it does. It kind of play twin stick style, or is it? I suppose you could. Um, basically, the way I'm doing it is WASD moves me around. Uh, mouse aims everything, and it's aims based on where your mouse is on the screen. So your guns kind of move up and down. Uh-huh. So I could move them out. Say there's a tank. Um, I don't know how to just paint this picture. Let's say that you're in the mid- top left-hand side of the screen and there's a tank in the middle of the screen. You'd have to hover your mouse over the tank to shoot it because you could overshoot it if you're just pointing the lines where the guns are pointed at it. Okay. So Does that you, make sense? So so you have to actually set the the crosshairs where you want, want yeah, the it'll, it'll to Yeah, some of the stuff will hit, but not everything. It's not quite like, you know... Uh, not, other games that kind of just use your crosshairs on the screen as a uh, as a pointer as a pointer, right? Okay. Right. Um, but Brigador is a very fast game. Um, I will play a lot more of it. I've got plenty of time this weekend to kind of goof with stuff like that, and so it'll be one of the ones in my rotation. Huh. Um, I'm going to talk about one in a second, but I want to move back. We had talked about Starbound before. Yeah. And you dug in pretty hard over the last week. What, yeah. When you're up at the same time I'm up, I've been seeing you on Starbound. So Starbound is, you know, I... We I, had a blast with this when it came, when yeah. it finally hit 1.0. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I, my first experience of it was the uh, early access, which wasn't all that great. Uh, and then when 1.0 came out, I mean... The day that it came out, I started playing it, saw that it was so different, uh, and I went through and I beat it. Uh, and since then, there's been even more shit added to this game. There's, you know, everything looks new. I mean, not the the main the main portion of the game is the same, but they've upgraded some of the UI. They've actually, you know, added a few things. Like, I don't remember mechs being in the game. I don't remember the, you know, of course, uh, the Bounty Hunter expansion just came out, which is what triggered me to want to play this game again. So I, uh, you know, I, I do remember my first playthrough of, of Starbound, and I remembered there was certain weapons that I absolutely wanted to get. Uh, and I was willing to grind for as long as I needed to to get these weapons again. Uh, and that would be the uh, the rainbow sword or whatever the fuck it's called uh, that tears a uh, 
uh, tears a hole in reality when you use the special effect. Um, there is a mag glove that shoots, you know, magnetic balls, uh, which doesn't require energy, which is what makes that really fucking awesome. Uh, but does a, a butt ton of damage, and then of course you can bounce the balls off of walls and shit like that to uh, to increase the damage. And then there's the eyeball gun, which is you know basically you shoot fucking eyeballs. I mean those are the three guns that I remembered from my first uh, my first playthrough. Uh, and what I found is mechs is a thing that's basically. You know, it, it, your your character and your mech's power are separate, so you have to build your uh, your mech up to have different arms and different body parts and things like that, so that it can have more defense and uh, you know additional attack power, and then you can do these. You know, admittedly, they're kind of generic space missions, but the space missions allow you to you know to you know to get additional. Uh, things for your mech to you know kind of gussy it, it up the way you want to does it start so did you start all the way over yeah i started you, all the way does over. it start you off in the moon base mission or whatever that was yeah yeah you, the the mission structure is the same as far as the story is concerned so the mission structure is totally the same so you have the uh you know all the main story quests are kind of like these uh, uh combat oriented you know platforming puzzles uh, which is, you know, it's it's different than the whole mining thing and the you know and the building thing. But the building for uh, for Starbound was kind of secondary. You could do it if you want to, but it wasn't nearly as uh, you know kind of pronounced as say like uh, uh, Terraria is, where you have to really worry about the day night cycles and you have to you know build something that you can defend. Right. You know, so for uh for Starbound it is mainly you build all of your you know crafting stuff on your ship. Uh and you take your ship with you wherever you go, so it's uh it makes things a little bit easier. Uh it is kind of Terraria easy mode. Uh so yeah, what you visited, you kind of go through each of the tiers, visiting different planets to get the material you need for the next upgrade. Right? right, and once you get to the you know once you get to the end, now the original the 1.0 version of the game, uh, once you got to the end, you saw the end credits. It sure kind of drops you back into the world, but uh, there wasn't a whole lot you could do at that point. Is you've done everything that you can, so you just decide that. I'm going to go find a, you know, a barren world and I'm going to build on it, you know, just build a city or whatever. Uh, and I'm not big on the whole, you know, I'm going to go find this material for this decorative item because I, I live my life fairly Spartan anyway. So I don't think of decorations as a good, you know, a, a good source of, uh, a good, good play, way to put my energy. You know, I just I don't spend my energy on that shit. So I don't decorate things in fucking games. I want it to be utilitarian. I want it to be I want to be easy to access what I need when I need it. Right. Uh so I, I decided, fuck, I'm gonna give this a go. Now I'm going to I'm gonna say that there's a couple things that that blew me away. First, the space, you know, the the mech thing opens up the ability to create your own space station. 
which allows you to have your own own space station in this fucking game, which is, you know, you build it out just like you would, you know, like you uh, you add uh, corridors and, you know, core rooms and things like that. And it uses the endgame materials, you know, like Durasteel and stuff like that to be able to. So this is new. This. Yeah. So you can. Uh, and the whole process of actually placing the station was, you know, a, a good minute or so of really cool integration to this game. I just like it has it dials it up. Um, it's you know you pick the solar system that you want to you know to have your station delivered to, uh, and then it goes through an entire process where you name the station, give it a description, things like that, and then you just uh, and you find a uh, uh, um, orbital ring that is free in that system so that you can kind of place it where you want to in the orbital ring. And then it delivers the station, and it's just a mech bay and a cube. And from there, it goes uh, north, south, east, and west, and that cube is open so that you can add additional modules to it and so you pay for those modules using the crafting materials in the game which gives you a reason to really dig down into the worlds and mine the fuck out of all these ores because you're going to need a lot of it for all the different modules that you're going to be building on your space station so good integration for the whole mining thing so it, it kind of closes that loop a little bit because people you can mine and you could do all the things you could do in terraria but there's like thousands of planets right but this gives you a a spot where it gives you a a teleporter in the uh, in the space station that you uh, that you can bookmark and then you can teleport to your space station from anywhere in the you know in the game uh, you know if you have access to a teleporter right. uh, and then uh, that means that you can kind of go back to that instead of going back to your ship to do all of your building so. I might play this game a little bit more after I've beaten the story, which I've done last, you know, did, did this morning, actually. I beat the story, uh, and that allows me to kind of have a focus for, you know, really exploring underneath these, you know, these worlds uh, and getting new things for my space station. I'm going to build Maybe. that out. Did you get a specific gun that you liked again? Uh, I I got this. Uh, I got a gun. There's a couple a couple guns that I liked. Is you get a couple of them from quests, uh, and then you you know, and then uh, there is a um, fuck, there, I forget the name of it, but it's basically like a plasma shotgun that uh, that charges your enemies with a doom counter, and if you shoot them hard enough while they're under that that influence, they take 130 damage, straight up damage, bypasses all of their uh, their defenses, which makes killing, you know, like NPC characters way easier because right. they have a lot more defense than the, you know, the creatures that are running around on the on the planet. So I carry that around and that's uh, that's really fun. Um but I've been, I've been kind of, you know, I've been hoarding up all of the unique weapons that's in this game. There's quite a few unique weapons that have 
something special about them, like the you know the the mag gloves and the you know and there's a uh, there's a sword that has a eye in it that you mm-hmm. can throw the eye and your camera follows where the eye goes, so you can kind of use it to scout. But it's really disorienting when you use it because you can still move your character, <laughs> so right. it just moves the camera, right? So um, I've been uh, you know been hoarding all of these different unique weapons in starbound in a in a chest and it's a good thing i did because not not only are they hard to find that you just go through so many different boxes and chests trying to find these same things but at the end of the game it opens up yet another thing that you can do uh you can uh go to one of the npcs on the arc which is the the main you know the hub area for this uh, for Starbound, uh, and there's an NPC character there that will sell you keys for uh, for these uh, ancient ruins, and you fly around the solar systems until you find uh, a solar system that has an ancient ruin. Take one of the keys to it, and it opens up that ancient ruin for half an hour, and what that basically is is a randomly generated uh, dungeon that is tiered to end game so all the creatures do like near maximum damage and you you know you kill the enemies and you break boxes and you open chests for uh, for ancient essence and this ancient essence can be used to buy uh, terraformer modules so a module that you can plant on a uh, on any planet and it will terraform that planet to whatever type of planet that you want it to be which is really cool because then you can make you can make a planet into another planet <laughs> a completely different biome uh, or you can use that ancient essence to upgrade your lower tier legendary items up to tier six, which is the you know the top tier uh, type of item, so you can increase the damage of some of the early legendaries. Gotcha. You know, it's it's kind of interesting comparing that to the game I'm playing right now. I'm playing a game that's kind of similar called It Lurks Below. Mm-hmm. It's made by one of the original Diablo two creators. Yeah. Um, it does not have the depth that Terraria or Starbound has and i'm just going to say that right off the bat however it does have something that those games maybe don't do as well and i'll say that it just focuses on combat okay all combat and here's how it works this is kind of the game cycle so basically you start off it tutorializes a lot and gives you missions to do the next thing right and what it does is each it doesn't ask you to dig down um, kind of like Terraria does. Like Terraria is like an ever-ending series of getting further and further underground. Right. But it tutorializes what pieces of machinery that you need in order to kind of get to the next tier of things. And it starts off with these invasions. So, like, you basically have to create a quick shelter uh, for, for your little base to get started. And then you kind of build that base out as you go. And then you unlock blueprints, which are prefab buildings that you just kind of stack on top of your shelter. Uh, you have to eat the whole time, so you have to craft recipes very much like Terraria style. Um, I don't remember. Does Starbound have a hunger meter of any sort? Yes, the survival mode does. 
So it does that the entire time, and you can play it without that mode. But the enemies get harder with every tier of invasion that happens on the surface. So you build something that's like a teleporter that gets you to your last spot. You dig down until you get the material you need to craft the armor you need to get to the next part. And it also has classes. So you start off, I started off with an enchanter, which had a wand. It's funny because he holds the wand kind of like a, like a Thompson submachine gun. <laughs> and they all have different effects. So like they have a spraying wand, which is basically like a full auto shotgun that doesn't shoot and burst. It's just a constant stream of uh, wide angle spray. Um, like gunfire, basically. Okay. And they shoot all sorts of different effects. So, like, it could be poison. It could be, like, a bullet. It could be... Had one that did... It said ice damage, but it looked like I was blowing bubbles all over the place. Um, I had one that was, like, lightning damage. I had one that was, like, a sniper wand. Um, they were just basically all guns, but they were calling them wands. Okay. Felt very much like Bright or something like that. Um, then at the, the Netflix series. Right. Um, but then I decided that he was too squishy and I had to do a lot of dodging. It doesn't move as fast as like a Terraria does or Starbound does. Like character doesn't move as fast. So Terraria is actually really fast. Um, moves kind of lethargic. So I went ahead and went with a cleric. And the cleric had a... You have these special abilities that are bound to keys kind of like a MOBA, like QWA kind of stuff. Right. Uh, or not A. What is it? QWE. Yeah. So, and then it's got extra abilities. So you've got a whole part of your hot bar that's set to abilities or totems or whatever the fuck you get. And my cleric has an, a heal ability that I've been stacking so that I can get an, one heal every 30 seconds. Um, but he gets wands and he gets a mace and shield. So all the enemies are dropping like maces and shields and wands. And I just flip back and forth between what I want to use. So my setting my character to be extra fucking tanky and he gets like extra crit based on like how much armor he has and extra damage based on how much armor he has. And it takes quite a bit to squish him down. But as you get to the next tier, like in underground, you have to like armor yourself up and armor yourself with whatever materials are in that tier. Um, otherwise you're squishy as fuck. So you're kind of constantly crafting little things like food or different things like that. You teleport up, drop your stuff off, sell stuff at the merchant that's at your place, and then use the money to either buy new items or upgrade the tiers of the equipment you already have further. So, like, even my abilities can be upgraded with a certain amount of gold. Um, it generates a randomly based dungeon. Like, the overworld's pretty small. It's like a half the size of a small terraria world. But it goes way deeper probably than Terraria. It's just all digging down and unlocking new enemy tiers and new enemy effects. And then each one of the different um, levels will say, beat such and such boss at this level, right? Like that's each mission at this point is beat such and such boss at this level. And they all have their own mechanics and stuff like that. But where it doesn't have the structure that Terraria does with that stuff or the weird requirements to summon creatures and things like that. Right doesn't have the weird obtuse stuff it is to summon NPCs that Terraria does. But it's really straightforward, and so it kind of removes a lot of the mystery. And then, like, I'm getting colored loot drops with different, you know, it's like an orange item's like the best, basically. Right? right. You know, purple's really good, green's decent, white's trash. Um, and there's, basically, the item looks the same. It just has different effects, basically. So all my wands look the same, all my shields and maces look pretty much the same armor looks pretty indistinguishable from each other like the cosmetics on that are pretty low but the 
pixel density is really thick. Um, okay. It's just, it's just really thick. There's a lot going on on the screen. And it's That's why I've put almost 20 hours into it in the last couple of weeks. Because it's pretty good. It's not as good as a Terraria or Starbound, but it is different enough to be its own thing. And it's just combat focused. So, the I may or may not beat it this weekend. I've put a lot of time into it. Probably about two or three hours a night for the last week and a half. So, I kind of feel that itch to try something else. And I have done one other thing. I played a little bit of Deep Rock Galactic. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that is pretty full feature complete for an early access game. Um, you can play it solely or solo or multiplayer. It's different classes of dwarves. And basically, you're part of a mining company that is going down into these mines filled with enemies. And what you do is you're in a drill that drills to the center of a planet. And then there are different levels of objectives, which will say, get such and such of this mineral, right? And so you do that while you're fighting off waves of enemies, like weird bug alien stuff. And there are different classes, like the engineer will throw platforms out and then has like a shotgun. You've got um, another class that has like these two like drill arms, basically, and a flamethrower. There's the gunner, which has like a gatling gun and uh, um, like a pistol but literally is more for fighting than it is for mining. Um, he shoots zip lines all over the place. That's mostly what I've been playing since the starting class. But there's different character classes that are all supposed to work together, but it, it is playable solo. It's just kind of hard. Okay. Um, but it is really meant for you to tackle missions with your friends in a co-op manner, kind of like a Left for Dead, but with bugs and aliens and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I'm good with bugs and aliens, as long as it's not zombies. Like, there's a class that plants turrets in the ground um, while you're... That would be me. And you have, like, a map. (laughs) It randomly generates a level, so to speak, right? And then you're kind of digging down to get minerals, and then you've got a timer to get back up. And as you're digging, you have, like, a thing called a mule, which is a robot that follows you around that you dump all your shit in as you go. And it'll do this countdown, like, when you're about to get back and you start being assaulted by waves, and it's, like, a five-minute timer, right? And so you got to follow it back to your ship or your drill ship or whatever the fuck it is to get out of there, and mm-hmm. you, you it drops these little markers behind it. Like, it's really well-crafted, and it runs really solid. It does not run on Steam Link worth a fuck right now. <laughs> um, there's just too much data going through, but it's a right. really clean-looking game. Okay. Um, well, what I'm saying is not real high pixel density, just high, not real high detail, just really clean-looking. Okay. Almost like a, not cel-shaded, but almost feels cel-shaded. Interesting. Avoid Bastards just has a very similar art style, except that it's a little more comic booky. Right, right, right. But yeah. I haven't played enough of it to give a fairer shake of it because I haven't played it multiplayer. I know that my friend in Alaska has this game, and a friend of mine in Tulsa has this game, and a couple of friends of mine that played World of Warcraft have this game. And so I was like, uh, another my one of the other Jasons I know has this game, and he's currently <laughs> playing a shitload of their billions. But um, I might recommend it if anybody, if you can find me online, just ping me and i will jump on that i well i mean i've been i've been looking at it see oh man is this this is the point where i i fucking just come back and say you know about a year and a half two years ago i said i was i was throwing all kinds of shade for what i called pick and axe games i'm like i'll never play those fucking here you are games. playing starbound i'm like those are the games that I play the most of now. I, if you I look don't know back, what it is about pick and X games. It's, it's fucking like, I put fucking almost, what, 100, 200 hours into Factorio. 
Uh, I probably put about, a, you know, about 100 hours or so into uh, Satisfactory, and I still need to get back to that game. Fuck. Yeah, because they just released another they, huge update for it. They updated the fucking game to include nuclear power and fucking trains. And nuclear. Nuclear power and trains, man. Fucking trains. Yeah, Satisfactory is literally just 3D Factorio it with is. less enemies. Well, yeah, your enemies don't necessarily hunt you down uh, based off of your pollution, which is good because that would fucking be stupid. Uh, Give them some time. They'll probably add it. Uh, it, It's a great fucking game that I play fucking. I I haven't played Terraria in a while, so I might have to give that a try. I'm really the biggest reason I picked up It Lurks Below before I knew there was a big update to Starbound is I was itching for Terraria. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that later this year they're going to release a big update. That'll probably get me back into playing it again because Terraria's I, I would consider it one of my top games. I really like Terraria. I, it was um, I, I played through most of Terraria. Like Terraria, I, at first glance I was like, oh, it's 2D Minecraft. No, it's not 2D Minecraft no, no, at all. It's, it's just a crazy Super Nintendo game. Now the uh, with the, a crazy amount of good randomization and it doesn't really have a quest structure. You kind of make that your own, right? But it's all about gearing up for boss fights. That's all it is, right? And and you can make cool shit at the same time. The boss fights happen, you know, like and they're fucking huge. Like, but what turns me off about Terraria is the you know, is that you have to have basically the right amount of things in your inventory to be able to summon a boss. Like you have to have the parts to make a boss, uh, right. which like, it's not necessarily what I want. Uh, Starbound is more of kind of, uh, more kind of like a, um, uh, I don't know. It feels more like Mega Man. In fact, the doors look like Mega yeah, Man Yeah, Terraria is very Mega Man. Yeah, I mean, uh, Starbound. Yeah. Starbound, Starbound's, the, the appeal for Starbound is it is a little bit more, less base-centric and centri- you, the, it's a little bit more ADD than Terraria. They're right. both excellent games. Right. Like, yeah, they're fucking for, good. There, there's a lot of clones in that genre that were made by small teams. Mm-hmm. And even, like I said, It Lurks Below is the closest clone to kind of have a thing of its own and still fill some of that itch. But Terraria and Starbound are the superior experience. And I put them on different they're they're both gold gold stars in my opinion. Yeah, like they're, they're both they both have their own place, and they're both different enough that they're different experiences with a similar feel. Yeah, I own both of them, and that you know that that tells those you are the right two there. modern I mean, Super Nintendo games right. that like yeah, I, I just are fucking crack. The the they're my favorite. Uh, some of my favorite pixel uh, uh, pixel graphics games. And the fact that Starbound is actually well, Chucklefish knocked it out of the fucking park oh, with yeah. that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And Chucklefish is also didn't they also publish Stardew Valley? I think so. Yeah, I mean it's a different. It's a single developer, but right. Like that's their two like golden achievement games. But um, I think we're in a good spot to take a break. I think next week you guys will hear a little bit about Grifflands. I barely started that last night, so I don't have enough to talk about. But we've got so much Steam Cell game to go over in the next month and a half. Yep. That we'll have plenty to talk about and plenty to recommend. Yeah. All right. We'll be back.
we're back. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh, shit. Fucking do with the thing with the thing and stuff. So. Wow. It's been a fucking week, man. It it has been. (laughs) And... And it's been a been a week for for some fairly good news releases. Yeah, um, there's a couple. Yeah, there's there's a few. So came a, I came across a story this week uh, regarding something Ubisoft's doing that's actually good. Whoa, what? Okay, so I mean, I, I don't technically have too much of a problem with Ubisoft. I, I do have a problem with EA because they're fucking yeah. like useless to me. But um, <laughs> but Ubisoft doing something good that doesn't revolve around the division too. Okay, what's that? Um, and that is, you know, not long ago they introduced a story creator mode for Assassin's Creed Odyssey that let people set up custom missions uh, within the game. Well. You can actually set XP values for these missions. Oh, oh, yeah. that's um, uh, that's, that's a some... little bit of a mistake. Yeah, a, so a little bit. I need you to walk from um, uh, this corner to this corner, and you get three million experience. Right. So uh, this week, Ubisoft uh, uh, did uh, apparently release a new patch to the game, and basically said. No. no. Um we're not only going to forbid players who uh who've been using the new mission making tool to uh rapidly level up their character. Um we're gonna ban you if you continue trying to do it. <laughs> but it's in the game. I mean okay. I I have I have uh I'm of two sides here, okay? Side A, they built a tool that has basically an open loophole feature. You know, you can assign any XP value to this mission. Right. This is part of the tool. It wasn't an exploit. It wasn't something, you know, that was, you know, that, that was bad. They didn't hack the game to do it. It was part of the tool that they use, you know, that they developed and put out. It's to me that's on them for not looking at this and saying there's going to be a possibility for this to be abused. True. It, on the other hand, the people who abused it are basically shooting themselves in the foot. It's like fucking playing a game from the very get go with cheats on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you know you Let are me just turn on. Easy mode. Right. You know, you, you're just like, shooting yourself in the foot. You're not, you know, I mean, sure, if you probably played this game over and over again, you know, this would be a good way to, you know, just skip the grind. But half of the fucking fun is in the grind in some of these games. I'm not sure about Assassin's Creed, but uh, it, right. it's just the uh, the grind's there for a reason. Well, it's to pace the now, game. And if you this, break the pacing. This is another example of a... Uh, of a developer not putting limits on something that there should be limits on. Right. Um, however, the way they're handle- handling it, they're not banning anyone who previously abused it. Okay. Right. Um, but what they are doing is saying, all right, 
the first level patch has been laid out. We are working on making making sure that all the ways you could abuse this particular part of the creator are addressed. But from this point on, anyone who continues to abuse it, okay, there but are if they going broke the, consequences, if they broke the fat as a thing that would abuse it, then how would people abuse? I, I'm, I, I guess I don't understand how they limited it. Did they just limit it to a maximum cap, or did they provide a percentage, or is it context based on the you know on the mission? Is it? It's context based. Okay, for I, now, it, I imagine they're going to introduce a hard cap. Yeah, it seems like it changed scales based on, and I think from playing it, it's been a while since I played it because I kind of fell off, um, just feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Um, it seemed like it leveled out or what it, it was contextual based on what level you are for the mission so it like basically put it within a three level gate so to speak right so so if, it wasn't too hard too easy kind of thing right and then you get experience based off of what a like a percentage point of that level i think so yeah right. and, and it that seemed makes, like it did a pretty good job of doing that and that makes perfect sense i mean that's that's the way but that it, it really should be you do this you get like one third of a level or something like that yeah, um, right. The, so you don't feel the, like you're completely wasting time. Right. The main thing is they don't want to see the abusers ruin it for the rest of the community, and I get that. Yeah, you I don't want to fucking do one mission at the very beginning of the game that is very simple, yeah. like you know, put this here and get like fucking fifty levels. I don't know it. if I did that. I would make like a balloon effect and like the kazoo and everything else. And just... <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> you've beat this game. Right, you're done. Yeah. But the but the first part of the patch was actually to the terms of use policy that prevented such XP heavy quests from actually being created and published. Okay, so they didn't. So they did. Did they patch the game? Okay, so they first changed the wording and then they went and changed the mechanic. Right, and now they're working on way from. They're working on patching the existing ones that have been published. Out. Yeah, so... It just feels like a so. cheat engine move from the user base. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's kind of a weird move. Like, sure. Um, well, I'm sure uh, once they can do this, but now the game's not fun. I'm but sure yeah. once they realized that this was being done, changing the term of terms of use on the creator and preventing future quests from being set up in an exploitation manner okay was their immediate response and then when was the last time that you fully read a terms of service or terms of use uh been a while when been a, i don't been a while you have to think about it and this and you have to think about it this that hard would be that would be the last crat line I opened, which would be Lowe's. Okay. So that was the last time that you fully read that, right? Yeah. I can tell you the last time I fully read that was back in my wow days <clears throat> when I was reading the terms of uh, terms of service for World of Warcraft because then that happened. And then, then probably about a year later, there was, uh, and I, f I completely forget the developer who did this, 
but they put a line in their terms of service that uh, that on a certain day of the uh, the year that uh, the team their team must be sent free pancakes uh, or something to you know some odd weird fucking like off the wall thing that they just threw in the terms of service to see if somebody would catch it. Right. You know, you know, of course they removed it, you know, as soon as it was saw, it was seen by, you know, the community, but yeah, I mean, it was there to prove the point that most people just click, uh, okay. Or I agree to those things and they don't necessarily know exactly what they're agreeing to. So changing the terms of service, uh, or terms of use, uh, is, useless to me uh, right. i mean but yeah but changing the terms of use is what actually enabled enables them to immediately introduce hard caps on any new ones being created and then allows them to move well, forward with patching previous they could patch so. anything that they want to in that game that's their game to patch it's just the terms of service gives them a leg to stand on for banning people. Yeah. And honestly, banning people for using a mechanic that you built into the game, I kind of feel is kind of the developer low blow because the developer built that thing with no cap, with the intention of being able to apply any type of XP that you want to it. You know, it's... And then you go and turn around and ban people who you know that use that ability. It's it's kind of you know it's kind of the the worst way to go about it. Right. But I understand that they were trying to you know to kind of to resolve an integrity issue. Really. Bring it back, you know, bring yeah. it back into a balanced place, you know, a play state. So. Well, and it doesn't ban you from the game completely as much as I think it'd probably be a ban from being able to publish and it, and it, yeah. created content. The the If they went one step further and started banning players, you know, and, you know, and that continued even afterwards, or they went and retroactively yeah. removed levels, that that that'll start getting into some hot water with them, I think. Yeah. So if they're smart, they don't. But continuing on with the Ubisoft news, uh, details about the new uh, uh, Division Two uh, patch with its first uh, first full uh, DLC episode, uh, the DC Outskirts Expeditions, uh, will come out on the twenty third to those of us who have the season pass. Yeah, same year, but... Uh, and 30th for everyone else. I haven't played um, in a while. This will actually open up a new map area. Okay. So you're getting a new map area, and uh, you will have brand new missions called Expeditions, or three Expeditions, or, or uh, two additional uh, classified missions. Um, and several other things going on okay with it um but the new map area is uh is equal equal to or maybe even a little bit bigger um than one of your uh areas on the original map 
Okay. Yeah. So it's okay. just basically like a new de- district. So yeah. Okay. Um, just and that's where the expeditions are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but along with the new expeditions and story missions, um, also come um, comes a Diamondback rifle, which is apparently a new exotic. Um, new exotic gear around the Black Tusk. Okay. A stoner LMG. A stoner LMG? Introdu- uh, interesting name. Okay. Um, and Carbine 7, which I'm taking is probably an assault rifle or a I'm hoping it's or just a rifle. rifle. They don't. I don't think there's a there's an exotic rifle. There's an exotic marksman rifle and there's an exotic assault rifle, but there isn't an exotic rifle. Yeah. So if it's and a rifle, then that makes sense. The release doesn't say whether or not the uh, Diamondback rifle is a marksman rifle or a rifle. So I'm guessing it's going to be a marksman rifle, but. We'll I don't see. think it's going to be a marksman rifle. There's already one black tusk marksman rifle. That's the uh that that's the um uh the, the nemesis. Mm-hmm. So, I if anything, I want it to be a normal rifle or an assault rifle that is available to people who don't raid. Right. <laughs> um now the the uh expedition <clears throat> mode does work a little bit differently. So, uh this one you're actually um uh, basically looking for a uh, try and locate a missing military convoy that was bringing supplies in mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, and it's broken into three parts so with each one you'll add a little bit extra story add a little bit of extra story to each one they need they need to bring in more of the uh, the keener story to the you know to the division. I, I would agree. The, I mean, and, and they've definitely always left that path open for themselves. Right. We just actually need to see keener show up. Well, I don't necessarily it's, need them to sh- need him to show up. I need him to be like the um, like I, the boogeyman. Yes, I need him to be the boogeyman. I need him to actually like show up behind bulletproof glass and. Right be doing something completely dastardly that he doesn't tell you about. He just says, oh, there you are. Uh, I'm just going to make your life my offer. I'm just going to make your life a living hell. Okay. Good to see you. Hopefully you're dead next time. And. (laughs) Oh, no, it'd totally be like. Like what I'm doing. Have you thought about my offer? (laughs) I think no. he's passed the offer. Screw off. I think he's passed the offer. I don't think he is. I, I honestly, I think he was past the offer at the end of the fucking first game. At, at the you know when he got you know, you get to the second game, I think he's just out for everybody at that point. He's got his fucking. He's got his uh, uh, his you know his squad of fucking you know uh, division hunters and fucking. He he's going to town. He's he's got his own agenda, and right now right. the the uh, the question is, what's his end game? I mean, honestly, so I want to see more of the Keener story built right. in, and then the 
the story missions are going to center around uh you attempting to bring in uh president ellis okay since you figured out he was working with the black tusk mm-hmm. um and uh, completely eliminating the leader of the outcasts so those are the right so cause... that's what the new story missions are going to center around okay well that's good I mean, it seems interesting. I want to, I, I want to see more of the story for the division has got a good story to it. Mm-hmm. It's just not played well. It's not played enough. It's right. just, uh, you know, you are more focused on the combat and trying to, you know, you know, trying to pacify or, you know, or save the people that the overarching story for the division is right. left by the wayside. All they need to do is just throw these little fucking like Tom Clancy jabs in there and mm-hmm. bow, you know, like some kind of twist or some kind of turn. Well, and they did do that throughout this game, though. The pace of the game, you hit most of them fairly quickly. Right. And then you're you're pretty much done with that portion of it right. fairly early through through your playthrough. Yeah. I guess I'm. Um, I, I guess I'm expecting a uh, a like a, a Splinter Cell story and a uh, over the shoulder shooter, and I'm yeah. not sure if I'm going to get that. Uh, you're <laughs> you're not you're not. But they do they have been really good with the second go around about just throwing those those tender meat chews at you. Yeah, you, just, you know. I, I, all I want is them to just jab tom clancy in every once in a while i mean he, you know he worked so hard to have that kind of legacy right so make sure that it's in there somewhere you know that the 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 whole part of that game that appeals to me is what would actually happen in the fucking you know doomsday scenario that is being played out yeah. in division so that's the the thought process behind all that. I'm like, I want to see more of it. I want to see more of the fucking intrigue. I want to see more of the backstabbing. I want to see more of like the the machinations that happen in the background. Yeah, that's me. I I love that shit. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I mean, all of that's why I loved the Splinter Cell series as much as I did. Oh, man. I mean, and, and I missed the you boat. were you were playing through a Tom Clancy novel. Right. I mean, and I, and I missed the boat on those. Uh, unfortunately, I probably could pick them up and play them, but they're not going to look nearly as good as when they did. Well, visually, they're not right. But I can tell you, just story wise, you would still really enjoy all of those games from the first one all the way through. Right. I mean. Because each game builds on everything else a little bit more, and right. now that now that they're all out and available for every console, you know, because they're for the longest Pandora tomorrow, you can't play it unless you have PlayStation, right? So, right. Yeah, you know, I mean it's a, it's a thing, you know. Ha. So that's that's the Division Two news, mm-hmm. right? Yep, and so, that's pretty much what I had. Okay. The uh fuck, man. This there's, there's been a couple things that, you know, 
Like speaking of games that I haven't been you know, haven't played in a while, fucking uh, Warframe has actually got a uh, a new thing coming out later on this year. Uh, right, exactly when um, because something with ship battles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it has. It used to be called uh, Railjack, which was uh, which was uh, Digital Extremes way of saying that the, they're working on something. So completely different, and they kind of teased it a couple times, you know, prior to uh, this year's Tenocon as uh, ship-based combat. So you would have a a, a Tenno-controlled uh, ship that one person, uh, one player, would actually be piloting the ship in the, uh, the like the pilot's pilot's chair or whatever the hell, and doing ship the battles. Cockpit. The cockpit, in, indeed. Uh, and then you could have your other three you know, people in your squad actually doing you know, battles or f- fighting you know, boarders, you know, people who, uh, the enemies that board the ship. And then they could leave the ship on their arc wings and go attack other things. Now, the ship battles look phenomenal. Like, they look fucking great for, you know, for what... Warframe is it's uh it's something completely outside of where you know where they've kind of went with the ninja thing uh and how they're tying it all in is 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 really great now I didn't watch the whole Tenocon release but Tenocon just happened not too long ago uh and uh what they did was they kind of detailed all of the different features that what they've called Empyrean, which is the new, you know, the expansion that they're working on. They come up with code names and the expansion name later. Right. Uh, and Empyrean is going to include Railjack or the, uh, the ship, uh, whatever the, the name of the ship is. I, I forget exactly what it is. Like I said, I didn't watch the whole damn thing. Um, but it also includes, you know, a storyline behind it, uh, they're going to be a special st- uh, type of space mission. There's going to be um, squad linking. So one squad who's in a ship, you know, doing a mission in space, say over Earth, uh, gets into a big battle. They can activate a squad link and another squad of four Tenno would be able to help this mission. And they would end up in, an, uh, in a new instance where they can actually see the space battle in the sky while they're, like, say, on the ground. So the way that somebody had described it to me is, like, the Battle of Endor. You know, right. you've got the the Death Star space battle going on, mm-hmm. and then you've got the ground troops trying to take down the shield generator. Yep. You know, that kind of thing going on. So it would be two different squads, to, you know, playing in two different instances, but the actions of one squad affects the battle for the other squad. So that sounded really interesting. Uh, there's going to be the ability to, you know, to leave the Tenno ship, whatever it's called, and then, you know, fly over to the enemy ship, clear out the enemy ship of enemies, and then take over or commandeer that ship so that you can actually use that in the battle, which is, you know, it's that's going to be awesome. I'm sure there's quite a bit more that 
is to be revealed yet and you know and more that I'm not touching on from the uh, from the video but it's a 45 minute video from Tenocon so I mean, there's a lot of detail there that I'm kind of glossing over right so if you're interested in Warframe and that and that's a thing that you want you know to you know, to get into one of the things about Warframe's expansions is that I mean it's free it's a free to play game so you know anybody's going to be able to pick this up um so I might I might pick up Warframe again. I I grown just a tiny bit because of the amount of money I spent on Warframe at the beginning of this year, the you know, the end of last year. Yeah. I I spent way too much money on that game for a free to play yeah. game. Um but my character's pretty ballin'. Like my fucking account is pretty set. So I could get right into Empyrean when it, you know, when it drops and I don't think that I'll be missing all that much. Right. You know, that's the thing. Right. And you wouldn't have near the amount of grind that you did to catch up when you first got back into it. And that, and chiefly a lot of the reason you spent so much money was for blueprints and shit. Well, I, I spent a lot of money on the, on prime accesses because I had missed out on, you know, a lot of the primes. And I've spent money on platinum because that basically platinum basically buys you time. You know, it buys me, uh, you know, other people's time for they ground, you know, went and ground all the, uh, you know, the parts that I need to be able to build a Warframe. So I'm going to pay them for that time. And that's what platinum is to me. So I don't have to grind for it myself. I can pay somebody else to grind it, you know, grind for me. Which sounds bad, but when you're a you know when you're busy and you're trying to play other games for a show, you you kind of maybe need if that. you just bought Warframe cards, it'd help you set budget. Not really, because uh, the way that uh, the way that Warframe works is uh, when you end up getting a uh, uh, a a discount, a login discount. So you know your login thing will say you get 50 or 75 percent off platinum for 48 hours you know for that time you know if you get a 70 75 percent discount off of platinum you can you know buy you know 200 dollars worth of platinum for fucking 50 bucks right you know for the price of a video game and that in that 200 dollars or so worth of uh worth of platinum Gets you a lot of platinum to use for extra warframes. To the main problem there is you spent a lot more than two hundred dollars on platinum. Well, I I bought prime accesses, which is not the way to go because yeah. you know when a when a prime comes out, it doesn't take that long to actually go grind, grind the parts for it. For it. Uh, but for me, it was. I needed to, I wanted to play it because I wanted to actually, you know, to review it essentially. Yeah. Uh, and for me to review it, I needed to have it as quickly as I could. And I don't have too many people that I was playing with online that I, would help me grind that shit out. So I just bought it. So that's kind of why I haven't been playing Warframe and I've been playing other things other than the fact that it's an MMO and it kind of sucks your day. You know, it sucks all of the time away. Um, you know, I just been, you know, trying to stay away from it. But 
Yeah. Another, you know, another thing that's an MMO that's uh, that has come out uh, come out recently with an update is uh, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, the Shadowbringer update uh, is forty bucks for the expansion, and I have been trying my damnedest to not buy this and not re-up my subscription to Final Fantasy fourteen because I don't know about a year ago. At about this time, I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen, and that was the only game I played for months. For, yeah. So, in uh, fact, we gave you so much shit about that that you went into Warframe, and then we gave you more shit. Right, because I ca- I can't ever not get fucking shit from you fuckers. <laughs> no, no, you, you, I mean, I, I, you had fun. I, I had fun. I bought Final Fantasy fourteen initially because I wanted a Final Fantasy story. You know, and Final Fantasy fourteen does have a fantastic fucking story. Uh, and from what I've heard so far, just spoiler-free, like, reviews and shit that I've seen online, the new expansion has a phenomenal fucking story. On top of that, it adds in a ability to uh, to play introvert mode, is what I call it. And that is to bring in the team of characters that you've built your story around so much, you know, over time playing through these expansions, you can actually bring them in and they play the role of tank and healer and DPS. So you can play as a DPS job and have an NPC tank and heal and help DPS for you in, you know, the normal dungeons. Like the story dungeons. Oh, cool. So, and from what I understand, they're slow because it's NPCs. So they're not pulling multiple groups of enemies. They're pulling one group of enemies and, you know, taking care of it and going to the next one. But that allows you to kind of get through those, uh, those required missions without having to resort to playing with randos online. It also allows you to see the uh, see the dungeon and all of the mechanics for that dungeon before you go online. So you it kind of eliminates that uh, that I've never uh, I've never done this. I don't know what to do, uh, what to expect. It eliminates also the dead minds experience of having somebody just pull you through something. Right, right. You can you can kind of progress and the way that it works is that if your character dies in in that type of instance, then it's considered a wipe and it resets to wherever the checkpoint was. Right. So, um so you kind of get an idea of what the uh, you know, I'm I'm sure it's not raids. It's just you know, the normal dungeons. But that allows you to level those characters up with you uh, through those dungeons. And you can kind of get gear through the dungeons to continue on, which is really neat. I think that's a really fun, you know, a fun way of doing it because it was really jarring. Final Fantasy XIV was really jarring in that way because you're, you know, you've got a really great single player story that, you know, that you do through normal quests. And then... All of a sudden, you have to go into a fucking dungeon for the you know for the storyline, right? And that threw you in with other players, and those players are probably just 
we need to do this as fast as possible. We need, I'm just grinding this out for fucking gear or whatever. I just need to do this fast, fast, fast. You know, you don't want that. So going through it with the characters that you knew from the story is just an elegant way of resolving that. I thought that was really cool. Now you had looked at a couple of things. You had, um, been looking at some new switch updates. Is that right? Yeah. Maybe not updates, but just new things that Nintendo's doing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, this one had me scratching my head for a little bit because, uh, what had been, you know, recently put out there was, uh, that the, that Nintendo is putting out a new switch and it's not the pro, the, the switch pro isn't going to happen. They already said that it's not going to happen right away. Not at least for this, uh, for this year. Uh, so don't look for more power from your switch because that's just not going to happen. Instead, what they're going to do is they're introducing the Switch Lite. So the Switch Lite is a smaller screen, uh, and uh, it includes the the. There is no Joy Cons. There is no removable Joy Cons. The uh, the controls are built, you know, are solid built to the you know to the chassis of the uh, uh, of the uh, of the Switch. Uh, but it also includes a D-pad, which the uh, the Joy Cons didn't have. You know, the Joy Cons only had the uh, the analog sticks. Um, it is a smaller device, and it is also not set up to connect to a uh, TV. It is only handheld. Okay. Uh, the um, you know, but the the power is still there, so it'll still play. You know. Uh, the, you know, all of the the same Switch games, it's just going to be on a smaller screen. Uh, the pricing for that is about $200. It comes in three different colors, like, uh, three different pastel colors because they love to have their pastels. Um, and what it's being billed as right now is the final nail in the coffin for the 3DS. Uh, because the Switch was always kind of like the go-to for mobile gaming for Nintendo. It's what they really the 3DS. wanted. Yes. Well, the 3DS was uh was prior to was the Switch. Right, had. but the Switch has kind of taken over that market. Right. Yeah. The Switch is, you know, the Switch has more power to it. Like it has the ability to play better games. Well, um, for the most part, there's a lot of major releases that are on a lot of consoles that are ending up on Switch too. Right. So like the Wolfenstein series and things like that. So what they're uh, what's going on right now is Nintendo is still saying that they're going to be you know continue their support for the 3DS at least for the you know for right now. Uh, but what we're going to see probably down the line is that it's going to be phased out as the Switch Lite takes its place, uh, and we're going to see more and more Switch games that are built so that they can either be played on the Switch or the Switch Lite. And uh, the games that require the removable controllers, like the Labo and stuff like that, won't play on those games. You know, won't play on that console. It'll it'll say on the box whether or not the Joy-Cons are required. So there's, uh, there's a couple things to look forward to uh, as far as this, but I always thought as soon as the Switch came out then that was basically the last you know, the last hurrah for you know, for 
Nintendo's previous handhelds. I mean, right. the 3DS has had a long fucking run. Uh, and it's a good system. It's just not a system that I got, you know, uh, got into, you know, because it was built for, I don't know, I want to say, I don't want to say it's built for kids because it's really not. All of these things are kind of built for kids, right? But it was built for more of the mobile gaming market, which is bigger in Japan. Yeah. You know, with the Switch's ability, to, you know, uh, additional capabilities and wireless capabilities, I can see that easily taking its place. Um, and uh, what you know, what really kind of sells this is the lower price point, and the fact that it doesn't have the TV, you know, conversion chip, so it doesn't have to convert to a different, you know, resolution for a television. It runs at a you know at lower power which means the battery lasts longer. And uh, uh, I forget exact... Oh, it says right here. Uh, the battery lasts for about a half an hour to an hour longer uh, per play session on the light versus the, uh, the Switch, which isn't that big of a difference, but when you're kind of on the road, every little bit helps. Right. The... Uh, the the screen itself is a five and a half inch screen versus a six point two inch screen. Now I don't know if you've ever played Zelda on the handheld version of the Switch, but I mean it's starting to get pretty small even on the full version of the Switch. Going even smaller than that, uh, I would have a hard time actually keeping track of things, especially like the little, yeah, uh, the the little shit. Yeah, and my hands are too big for that kind of stuff. Well, we're getting old, but I'm my sure my eyes that, are getting bad. I'm sure that those younger whimper snappers will be I able mean, to actually I, pick that up and run with it. And I know my eyes get about twice as the size they should be when I put my glasses on. So that tells you I'm a mole man. Right? I can't. I can't deal with that. I've got big hands and little eyes. Right. So that this is you know this isn't really uh, marketed for us. What it is marketed for is because the uh, the the Joy Cons are not removable; they're built on. That's uh, that's more of a uh, a you know it adds rigidity to the uh, to the whole device. Like that was a point of failure for the Switch. You know, if you bent at the Joy Cons, it's possible to bend those rails, and that was kind of delicate. Um. On top of that, you could actually lose a Joy-Con, which is a pain in the ass to, you know, you have to go and buy a whole new set of Joy-Cons. Um, or, uh, you know, it had a bunch of different things that wasn't really kid-friendly. It was a little wider than what kids are, used, you know, used to playing with. On top of that, the price point was high, like yeah. $350, $400. Well, you'd easily spend four hundred and fifty dollars getting what you need, right? So, uh, so it is. Uh, it, it, I think it's a good thing, and I think it's it's gonna sell like hotcakes because everything Nintendo does anymore sells like hotcakes. Even Labo, which I thought was like you're selling cardboard, <laughs> so stimming pile of shit. <laughs> but it still sell sold really well. It's super fucking gimmicky, right? But still. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. Nintendo prints their own money, so uh, they can say whatever they want to. 
and the and the last thing I've got here is um is just um just a small little thing, um because we're not we don't officially review like computer parts or whatnot. But what I you know what I saw you know just this week was the release of uh, the Ryzen Gen three Zen two uh, CPUs and the accompanying uh, video cards from uh, from AMD. Uh, and those came out uh, Sunday because that was the the day that they chose for the for the release. Uh, uh, odd days, um, but it caused enough of a stir online with all of the PC parts reviewers that most people didn't have a weekend. Right. Uh, most of those guys just worked through the weekend trying to you know to uh, to work out. Uh, the performance uh, for these uh, for these chips versus the Intel chips uh, and the comparable you know the comparable power between the two, uh, and without getting into all the benchmark details because we're not going to get into percentages or anything like that, what it comes down to is AMD is now competitive and in fact beating Intel in certain uh, in certain ways, not necessarily the- in gaming. But the fact, you know, but AMD's stuff has uh, has always been a little bit better suited towards productivity or doing multiple things at the same time, like encoding video or encoding audio while playing a game. It works better on AMD stuff, but their previous processes never really kind of had the same raw power that Intel has been able to put into their uh, into their chips. But that's not recently the, case the price point has gotten extremely competitive though. Well the AMD's processors were you know were always a lower cost option, which is They're how like they, at almost a half cost option right now. Yeah. And that was what that's how they kept their their user base is because the upgrade costs for an uh, for an AMD processor uh, was much lower than the upgrade cost for an Intel processor. So those people who are AMD, you know, could get a specific chipset on their board and that, you know, and for the most part, all they needed to do is replace the processor. They didn't need to replace the board well, as but well. Just like doing full upgrades on Intel versus AMD at this point, you can literally buy a graphics card with the savings. Right. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a pretty big substantial savings right now. There's a pretty big difference between that, and that's one of the reasons why our podcast rig is AMD, uh, and the same reason why I built three AMD systems for my family up north. Uh, they're, you know, the cost for per uh, per per cost per performance is much better in the AMD camp, even at the Gen two. That's continuing with Gen three. And the Gen 3 chips are actually running games at or just barely exceeding Intel's current spec on their, uh, you know, on their chips with the addition of being able to handle multi-threaded processes much, much better. So this would be a great time for if you were building a streaming PC to you know to go team red because the you know the gen 3 you know, chips are built for that kind of thing right but if you already have an intel chip right now is it worth actually you know going 
in upgrading to a, a Gen 3? Probably not. You're not going to see that much performance boost between the two. Um, that's, you know, the, the, the quick and dirty version of that. Uh, the, uh, the AMD video cards are comparable to what uh, the uh, 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 NVIDIA's super line but Nvidia still kind of wins in in the video uh, video card race. As far as I'm concerned, they have more features that you know that work better for games. I will say though, if ray tracing isn't a deal for you right now, AMD's probably here's a, here's another thing. I I know that was a really quick statement, but another thing <laughs> that I think that's interesting and worth noting is that you. A lot of people, for one reason or another, think that you can't mix green team and team red. No. You, you can absolutely have yourself a NVIDIA card with an AMD chipset. Right. Um, we're not dealing with issues with Crossfire and things like that these days nearly as much as we used to. If you're going, nobody else lies anymore for the most part. Like, there's not a... Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of a thing of the past. Yeah, we, we've gotten past the point of SLI. So, now that we're past that... You could get a cheap AMD chip that's decent and then get yourself a graphics card that is an Intel card, mix and match, and make a decent system for a couple hundred bucks less than you would going full Intel. For sure. Um, the uh, and, and that may end up being what I do, right? Like, I've got a 1070 right now. I'm not really needing to upgrade, especially with all the pixel graphics games I'm playing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling a little bit CPU bound at this part, this point, so I may end up getting upgrading my motherboard and just upgrading the RAM and the chipset. Yeah, and, that and that's usually a... how I flip around with your I've, the same case from 2012, right? Mm-hmm. The same motherboard from 2012, running that i7 Sandy Bridge, fucking beast of a chip that I have right mm-hmm. now. That's really on its last legs. Right, it's... it won't die. But I can't get RAM faster than 1333 speed at this point, right? And it doesn't matter that I got. 32 gigs of 1333 speed it just it is bottlenecked right you know you you're running into that you know that uh the, the age is causing the bottleneck instead of you know you know instead but of like the, even my GPUs or CPUs fast enough i just uh, i'm not i'm really hurting myself with what i got so there's but, a couple things to look at for uh for the gen 3 uh gen 3 release uh, a couple of the the I call them smaller features, but they're they're probably going to be big later on down the line. Is that the Gen three chips are uh, they support PCI Express four point which is a doubling of the PCI X three point speeds, which allows for more bandwidth on the PCI Express lanes. That you know, so that's not going to you know really translate to greatly into video card performance because video cards are going to be bound by what the GPU can put no, output. But just at this point, I can't even run an NVMe on my board because it doesn't know what an NVMe is nor has a slot. So. Right. So with with this, what that's going to be more, uh, more than likely used for uh, going forward is faster storage. Uh, and the, uh, the preliminary results I've seen so far is that not only does it detect NVMe drives and run them at the PCI Express 4.0 speeds or basically opens it up so that there is no bottleneck on that, um, but uh, what that does is, you know, with the chips running at absolute maximum, 
the NVMe SSDs need to be cooled. If they're not cooled, they will overheat. Uh, and that's kind of the growing pains that we're seeing right now is that the chipset needs to have a fan on it. And the uh, NVMe drives, if you have it running on the uh, the 4.0 lanes, they need to have either a passive cooler at the minimum or an active cooler on the drive because those chips get super fucking hot. Well, and I'm back in that spot again. Maybe you can help me make some uh, decisions on what to get for the upgrade. Yeah. I, honestly, if you're, uh, if you're looking to upgrade, if, if it was me, I would not jump on the release bandwagon because the release bandwagon has had some bumps. Um, I, I haven't gotten an update on it, you know, recently, but from what I, and none of us actually played this game, but, uh, Destiny 2 on PC was not running right on the, uh, you know, on the Ryzen chips, on the Ryzen Gen 3 chips. Uh, Bungie was looking into it earlier on this week and I didn't see an update, you know, afterwards. Uh, but yeah, there is some growing pains and any, you know, any new release for hardware, you kind of want to let it bake for a little bit to see you know, if there's any, you know, any bugs with it or if there's any firmware updates that need to be applied or like in your case, seeing additional versions of a board so that you can, you know, you can get the options that you want NVMe drives, for instance. So yeah, honestly, as long as I have two <clears throat> NVMe drive bays, I can get a pretty decent setup. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, that's going to be kind of, then the, that's the new excitement because if you're not on team red right now what this means is that it's going to make intel and nvidia step up their game and that means better price for, for, for uh, price for performance going down the line more competition is good for gamers yeah with that i think we're pretty much as far as we can go tonight uh jason where can you find us Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. And our YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash The Real TiltCast. And find friends of the show. You've got For the Love of Gaming. You've got Cabbage, KBG. You have BMFCast. You have NoQuarters.net and TVGP.TV. They play lots of video games. And with that, it's into the damn show. Alrighty. Peace.